The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at NewsNestNeed on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn. One agent underscore seventy on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. What's up, everybody? Representing BK to the fullest, co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Representing BK to the fullest. Straight from Brooklyn, better known as Brooklyn. Yeah. Um. And Benji, what up, good sir? How goes you? How you doing, you know, Benji Games? Um, uh, what did I just do? Oh, I no. I was, oh, no, that's nothing. That's not something about it. Um, folks, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us on your podcast pros place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and make sure to leave us the best dang five-star reviews you can especially on apple podcasts indeed um well and do all my things great uh doing great here guys hope all is well with the both of you thank you sir yes we're doing we're doing good we just uh actually well let me finish this real quick um uh hey Podcast pros are a place of choice, Google Play, Apple Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, all that kind of good jazz. But you can also find us recording every Thursday night, nine, mostly every, Thursdays every th- uh, on Thursday nights, 9.30-ish Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's the uh, YouTube.com slash The Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Make sure to click like, subscribe, hit the notification button so that you know when we are on live and leave us some good reviews. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, uh, Benji, we're doing good here, sir. Appreciate you for for uh, for asking. We got another, uh, I would say, fun-filled night here, but we definitely um, info-packed, I would say, night going ahead of us uh, with this, especially without having any uh, shows to talk about. Yeah. Although I could, could bring up solo leveling, but I hadn't uh, watched the most recent one, so there you go. Um, well, we're going to start off with books with Immortal Thor number six. 
Immortal Thor, number six, is written by Al Ewing with art by Martin Cocolo or Cocolo. I'm going to double check uh, where the accent is on his name. Let me just pull up our copy just so that I get that correct because, you know, I feel like I don't want to maintain mispronouncing his name. Just give me a moment. And... It is. Oh no, it's not. It's not the timer. Come on, come on with that. Come on. So it is Martin Cocolo. So the stress is on the first syllable. Um, you know what would uh, make it a lot easier is if we actually typed it in with the accents. But you know that's always an, an annoying thing whenever you have to type in accents, right? Colors are by Matthew Wilson and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So we continue where we left off. And while we don't continue exactly where we left off at the end of last issue, the premise is still there. It is still a tale that is being told between kind of in, in, in retrospect, kind of in uh, uh, kind of a flashback. It's, it's, it's hard to tell, but that's kind of what it is. It's a story that Loki is recounting as the teller of the God of telling of stories to Thor and it's an old tale and ultimately it does tie into what I guess the overarching uh, overarching um, story is that involves the good old Minotaur uh, Dario Agar from Roxxon. So uh, that's like the, the greater part and I'm going to leave the rest to Roddy Cat to fill in some of the things that I always kind of skirt over because I always give the broadest strokes as possible. So actually, we will get uh, there is some news about that. Speaking of um, that whole Roxxon thing in the news section, so we'll, we'll save a little bit of that for then. But yeah, I mean, Agent Seventy's kind of put it on there. The, the Loki's kind of uh, back at his um, god or goddess of stories because with, with this one, kind of you can <laughs> kind of hard to tell which is which is which is which, right? Uh, uh, at the beginning of this until you get into the story. But, um, but yeah, recent events, Lord, uh, Thor, Lord, Thor finds out his kind of mom might have something to do with what's going on with them. The story part, uh, as I was going to tell, uh, agent 70 feels kind of Scooby Dooish in a way because you have Thor who's kind of like, Hey, let's just go over here in this dark, creepy cave. And, and Loki's like, no, let's not, I'll be, I'm just going to leave. And, and Thor just like grabbing him by his neck and, and was like, no, we're going in. So that that part kind of felt slightly uh, Scooby Dooish for 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 me. Um, but also, as the cover, as you can see, uh, what says it definitely does venture into a journey into mystery hmm. during the course of this story. And it's kind of funny because I, I called out a couple of in my notes a, a couple of things that kind of struck out at me in. in some things that are said, like basically Loki's like, I'm out. <laughs> Thor's like, I could eat, which is, you know, something you would rarely ever never hear Thor kind of say. But, you know, but also there's a character that shows up who is a giant that's called uh, uh, Scrim, Scrimmer? 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 Yeah. Which basically, I don't know if, I, I, um, I don't, not Age of Seven, I don't know if Al Ewing did this on purpose, but that just sounds like the game Skyrim. Mm -hmm. um, it's just basically a shifting of lever, levers apart, and I'm like, that's got to be purposeful. And that was kind of funny to me. 
but yeah, at the end, we kind of get to what uh, uh, 1870 was kind of um, uh, talking about. And like I said, we got a little bit of news on later in the stories that may help shed some light on, on that last part a little bit more than what we're going to get next issue. So. Yeah, Al Ewing, like I said, we, we were talking before the show, Al Ewing is, is still kind of doing his thing, and we would, there will be no shortages of us talking about them this week because he's got, like, what, three, four books? <laughs> right, right, right. So I know I've said this before. We are now on issue number six of Immortal Thor under the the leadership and, 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 and uh, writing of Al Ewing. I am thoroughly enjoying not only kind of the 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 – the homages that Al Ewing has put in to like probably some of his favorite parts of the Thor Marvel Thor history, but also tying in some of the mythology, you know, there's definitely like hints of some of what Walt Simonson did here, here and there, you know, definitely tying in with the mythology. If you are familiar at all, with some of the Norse mythology, the original Norse mythology that Thor is a part of, this whole being unable to t- uh, untie a bag, you know, with giants sounds very much like a myth I probably read, you know, way back when out of a mythology book. Right. But I said, do they even still have that book in schools like we had? <laughs> I don't know if I ever took a – I mean, I don't think I ever read that book in, 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 in class. I might have taken it out of the library once or twice just because, you know, with Thor and Hercules running around on the comic book page, I wanted to read the actual myths and see where, you know, what these stories were based off of. But ultimately, uh, one of the things that – uh, that, that Roddy Cap mentioned earlier, we talked about in our pre-production meeting about how I still am enjoying not just Al Ewing, you know, paying homage and also honoring some of the some of the the history of Thor, not just in the original mythology, but also in the pages of Marvel Comics. He's also kind of gone back to using the the old English way that Thor speaks, but kind of weaving in some of the modern slang that we know, um, as, as, as Roddy Cat mentioned something about, well, I could eat. And, you know, there's a couple of, there's a couple of instances where, uh, Loki talks about noshing and, mm-hmm. uh, there's just a couple of just really fun interactions between Thor and Loki in this issue that Kokolo's art really helps to sell, but the, but the writing is, is extra sharp too. So I'm very glad that Roddy Cat has, uh, uh, caught up on this because it's a lot more fun to talk about it. If we both have read it, uh, you know, and, and I don't necessarily have to skirt around some of the, the things I'd, I'd want to mention, but I really, I really enjoyed this book. This is a definite click of the week candidate for me. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, like I said, uh, as I told Agent Seven Eight before show, and I kind of alluded to stuff like Al Ewing is, is probably one of my favorite favorite writers. So there's always something good and fun, even though even with the difference between some of his old stuff and uh, and going into Immortal Hulk, like I was selling him before the show, or like I was running before the show, but somehow still kind of um, coalesce in in books like this still. You know, um, uh, 
um, as he's going. So he's kind of marrying the two, uh, as it, as it were, at this point, and, and still comes up with some good stuff. So, which again, we'll be talking about a little bit more actually in this next book, unless uh, Agent Seventy is uh, got something else to say about Mortal Thor. No, but I highly recommend if you're not a Thor person, I still recommend this book. I'm a Thor person, so you know I'm kind of a mark here, as it were, you know, to use a a, a wrestling term. But um, at the end of the day, I think this is fun. Obviously, because of the the multiple elements of Thor history in the comics and in the mythology that are woven in here, it's it may be a little hard for some people to pick up, but I I still think it's worth it. You know, you have the internet. It's not like the old days where you couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm. You couldn't figure this, out who the I characters mean, are. Yeah, I think this one might be easier to go get into, though, because one is a new volume. And is, as far as I know, none of the things from the last volume or two is really in here. Well, there's Dario Agar. Um, well, there's that. Yeah, there's yeah. Dario Agar. Like, you kind of need to know who the Enchantress is right now. Right. And you kind of need to know who Scourge the Executioner is. That's the kicker, right? Like, you kind of have to understand why that's a big deal for him to come back. But if you don't know and you just realize he's just there with the Enchantress, it doesn't matter. But obviously, if you have that uh, context, it means even more. Yeah, sure. Uh, And with that, we are going to go into the next book, which is... Resurrection of Magneto number one of four. Yes, this is a four-issue limited series. This is the first issue written by Al Ewing, with art by Luciano Vecchio, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VC's Joe Sabino. So I'm going to just quickly start the discussion on this book and hand it to Roddy Cat because we actually discussed this uh, in our pre-production meeting. And the first thing that jumped out at me is basically the first thing that pops up in this book. It's not, uh, kind of the overarching or overarching, um, theme of this book, which is magic. The first thing that popped out at me is the person that storm is hanging out with. And I completely forgot about this dude. And some of the things that they say about him in here, I was just like, well, so he's a normal, he's a normal guy. He's not a superhero, not a mutant and not a former king. And, you know, what Roddy Cat and I'll, I'll let Roddy Cat say what he said in, uh, in his reaction to that and uh, take the conversation from there. Right. I think all I remember all I pretty much said was um, that, hey, look, it's just the, the facts, the reality of the situation. Right. Every every all of her past relationships has been one of those kind of a one of those things that uh, I just haven't mentioned. Right. So kind of a kind of a dig on all that. And this is the first, quote unquote, normal relationship that she's had. Right. Um, today. And I'm kind of hoping this one sticks. You know, I mean, there are people who still, you know. Love the whole her and Wolverine and her and Forge thing and whatever whatever the case may be and, and didn't really care too much about her and T'Challa even though I did, um, but I don't know I, I haven't heard anything about what people are saying about this one even if they're up kind of up to date with this one but yeah this is a fairly new relationship uh, coming in, um, I guess that was definitely uh, coming out of uh, X Men Red or going into X Men Red because I think I don't remember. I don't remember. I just saw him one day and was like, "Oh yeah, this dude's here," and he did some things and he's on a Rocco with them with uh, with them because uh, <laughs> one, do you blame him following Storm? <laughs> right. 
you know, so like, hey, go with his go, go with his girl. So, um, but yeah. Um, that being said, though, I thought so. I know there was last year was teased about a big thing happening with Storm, and I thought I didn't know that this was it. Um, because it, like it, it kind of teased, it was like, yeah, Storm's going to be doing something kind of kind of big for her, and I guess unless something else happens to come or come about this year that uh, is uh, going to be or, or coming out of this uh, for some way, shape, or form, this might be it. So because even though the book is called The Resurrection of um, uh, Magneto, like Agent 7 said, you know, like, yeah, she's kind of the one that's at the forefront of this because of partially because of their history and, you know, especially um, their friendship, relationship, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, multi- I, I, I uh, hold that thought. I uh, like the way Al Ewing wrote this particular section because mm-hmm. a character in this book asks Storm, were you friends with Magneto? And there is a very quick flashback montage and I really enjoyed some of the moments that were chosen to be depicted here. Some you recognize, some you don't, but some you can definitely put into context. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the answer that she gave. He was many things. Yeah, which is true. <laughs> there, is a, there is a history between uh, them uh, to this point and, uh, and other people, but them two specifically, you know. Um, especially in the Krakoan era, um, you know, it's been leading up to his death. So, um, but yeah, that being said, um, you know, the the beginning of the book with her and her book and, and the dream kind of basically starts her on this journey uh, that leads her to, well, leads her through some of... Um, Al Ewing going back into his bag a little bit mm-hmm. because we see um, we see I called them the, 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 the ultimates at first but then it was like no this is the Defenders because um, Blue Marvel has been part of both and he wrote both uh, Al Ewing wrote both of those mm. but this is definitely Defenders because we see Galactus's mom uh, oh is that who that is? that is his mom uh-huh. oh. well, his, his mom from um the it's weird, like I said, it's a whole weird thing. But it's from the universe before, I think it was the case. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Something like that. Yeah, but, because uh, I was very confused. I was like, "Who is this?" Yes, but that's that is Galactus's mom. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, and that's and that she came in in the last couple of uh, Defenders miniseries, which again Al Ewing wrote. Right, 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 right. So, and those things kind of went a couple of places. So, um, and also as uh, Agent Seven and I was talking uh, uh, before the show, um, and I don't know if you want who wants to drop the little tidbit about um, about Blue Marvel that uh, that kind of struck both of us. Oh, about well, there, there's a little bit of uh, inner monologue that Storm has, and it's an observation about. Uh, Adam Brashear, Dr. Adam Brashear, in relation to his relationship with another Marvel heroine or hero and um, uh, another past relationship of Storms Mm -hmm. and how she could see parallels and obvious, you know, obvious connections uh, that that are that were still there. 
But I definitely, you know, I got a kick out of seeing Blue Marvel in these pages. I also have a quick question before we move on. The name of Blue Marvel's base, is that Kadesh base or Kadesh base? It sounds very Klingon, doesn't it? Kadesh. Yeah, I thought about that too. Kadesh, I believe, is... is, Okay. I'm not sure, but I believe I don't think I've ever said you know heard it out loud, but I believe right. because I, I because when I was reading, I was like Kalis. I'm like, is that like is that like a, a shout to uh, the Klingons here, Al Ewing? I mean, it could be. We don't even know, but no, because oh, it sounds like something that's like very Klingon, like Kadesh or Kalis. You know, this I've heard Worf do that Klingon jibber jabber a million times. You know, no, I, can, I can see it. Yeah. But you know, General Martok probably said it or something, something silly like that. You know, like yeah, I, I am far from being the Trek person on this podcast. That would be uh, PCN underscore Dirt and of course Roddy Cat. So, yeah, yeah, we've had our moments, but um, but now I, I believe I, I'm. This is my speculation because I know he's got a couple of bases here and there, and you know, so it could be Egyptian for all we know. Sure, which I guess. Makes some kind of sense considering what happens uh, 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 during the course of this, but um, yeah. That being said, that whole like what it just said says like yeah, that was kind of funny. It was like yeah, uh, game recognized game in, a, in, a, in, a, in one way. Right, 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 right. So yeah, I had one additional thought before I hand it back to you. The art on this was great. Luciano Vecchio was killing it, killing it. Yeah, as usual. Um, that that is the case, but yeah, like I said, Al Ewing's kind of digging into his bag with, with, with some of the some of this stuff, um, with that part at the very least. So I was like, it was good to see. And then going into uh, Storm's journey, which spoiler alerts take us. So I'm just going to say this part because, um, and I'm going off memory here, but I don't think Storm has, and I'm not saying she did here, but technically, kind of sort of. Uh, Storm has not died during the course of the Krakoan era at Mm-mm. all, Mm-mm. ever. Mm-mm. So outside of uh, Sins of Sinister, which technically that was old age and, and another universe or another dimension universe slash thing, whatever. Um, timeline, basically. It's another timeline. You know, she has not. So all I'm saying is if she, well, one, if she dies I'm, I'm going to be pissed either way. But um this journey kind of takes us on a moon night slash uh, journey. And it also pretty much um, um, in lieu of Magneto, who foregoed the uh, resurrection protocols and said, no more, don't, don't back up his copy anymore. People were wondering where, how he's going to come back if he ever was, but we knew he was going to come back at some point. Right. And here we are going on that journey right now right and storm did the same thing where she destroyed her backups so you know she would be in the same boat as magneto but uh you know we'll see how the story plays out but i'm definitely on board i really like where this is going i i now it's funny that roddy cat mentioned this uh that al ewing is in his bag because he's not only tying in the x-men red stuff that they created like with Tarn and all these other Iraqis, um, but also his new defenders run. And I'm like, wow, Al Ewing really digging deep and just like play using his corner, using the toys that he has touched always. 
And he does that more often than not, or it has more often than not in the last few years. So it's kind of funny if you've read some of the other stuff. It's like, oh, right. That's where this stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which was kind of, like I said, it was kind of funny just to see the whole the Defenders and, and um, Blue Marvel and whatnot right. coming into this. Like, I was not expecting that, but here right. we are. He even pulled in, even on his Immortal Thor run recently, he pulled Storm in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. He pulled Storm in, you know, you know, and and that's a character that he's obviously very tied to through uh, X Men Red, right? Oh, and also during uh, part of this, which again is also going back to uh, his Defenders run, we see um, a glimpse of, uh, I believe they were also from his Ultimate run, actually. So we see the Beyonder and the Beyonders, or some of the Beyonders. I- this. Thank you for mentioning that. I saw that. And I was like, "Is that the Beyonder with the green armor?" Oh my god! Well, I kind of green armor. It was. It was. It was him in his white armor. But it oh, was it's the, the white armor. armor. Right, right, right. I couldn't remember. I remember the the. What's funny is that the art was was good enough to evoke that um, that uh, uh, that memory. So it's white armor, but it's green hued because of the lighting and the coloring. I believe so, or that's another because I believe that if that if I'm not mistaken, that one has an omega symbol on them. Yes, and I think that is either one of the other Beyonders. I can't remember. But that whole thing is was weird in in itself, and that okay. might be from uh, uh, Ultimates. Okay, okay, and or and or Defenders because like the Beyonders kind of played a part of the uh, the Ultimates also. Understood. Um, and and Beyonder did come back in the, the the one of the last Defenders runs for for something, but it was just the Beyonder. Got it, got so, it, got it. That's but basically <laughs> that's Al Ewing, right? That's all Al Ewing. All the toys that he touches, he just brings back. Exactly. So it's it's again, like I said, it's kind of fun seeing all of that. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of curious as to if there's going to be any more that's going to happen. Uh, during the course of this miniseries, or sure. that's just it. Yeah, that's all I need to do. No, we're gonna see the green. <laughs> we're gonna see the green door at some point. I mean, that's it's a possibility because it's talking about resurrection. Yeah, but that's gamma based resurrection. I yeah, mean, but you never know. Yeah, because exactly. <laughs> it could happen. But, exactly, you, know. you never know. So yeah, there, there would be some weird way that they tie that in. It's like, oh no, it's, this is this, and this is exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. It is a form of <laughs> mutation, after all, the Hulk transformation. Right. Oh my God! Imagine if we just cracked out Ewing's story just now. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me one oh, bit if that happens. Oh my gosh! So, anyway, but that, yeah. But that being said, like I said, as you can tell, we we've been enjoying this first issue of this, and and seeing where this ends up going is going to be yeah of some interest. As we, I think I said it before the show, it was like it's. While Hickman has his own mumbo jumbo, Al Ewing definitely has his. He's own developing, mumbo. right? He's developing it in certain runs. Certain runs has it, ha, you know, ha, has uh, you know possesses. Certain runs have elements of uh, Ewing mumbo jumbo, and you know, before we move on again, I want to mention this is a candidate for click of the week for myself. Same. All righty, and with that, uh, I think the last book we said we were going to. Um... No, I think we do have one more in common, but the last one we said we're going to do in this section is Mech Cadets, number five of six. Yes, five of six. So this is the penultimate issue of this volume of Mech Cadets, because we have, you know, there is definitely, I think, some, uh, at least in this penultimate issue, 
some momentum towards continuing the story because it doesn't seem it does not seem like this is going to end neatly in one issue. So this issue is written by Greg Pak with art by Tak Miyazawa, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by Simon Boland. And just getting back to what I was saying is that in this penultimate issue, we have a rescue mission gone awry. We have the uh, the the reunification of um, uh, some characters with some other characters who went on a rogue rescue mission on, on that rogue rescue mission. We have characters who are meant to stay behind and defend the earth against the Sharg and uh, alien on alien violence that some humans may want to let happen. Right. Some, some space racism happening. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, <laughs> so it, it, this is all very much a lot to take care of in one issue. That's that, that I put all, I say all that to get to that particular point. I'll let Roddy Cat take him from there is that I, it feels like there is momentum in this story for an, uh, another series that Greg Pak and Tak Miyazawa still have to tell. Yeah. And I can, I can totally see that because I mean, as with other Greg Pak books, this is kind of happens like, yeah, but you know, here's, here's one, here's one arc or, or one story, mm-hmm. but it's kind of leads into some more stuff. I kind of wish King of Story West would have continued, but that's a whole nother story. Um, and I am very glad that um, uh, Age of Seven has caught up with this because if it wasn't for him actually reading the first volume, Mecca that you right. wouldn't have known about this. Um, and of course, some people, most some people, which I still hadn't watched the whole thing of, uh, seen the the Netflix show, um, that is that is out there now, which I'm not sure is getting another season or not, but it's 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 out there. Regardless, it's been good good stuff, and I, as I just haven't said, yeah, I can kind of see that as well, unless they do like a hey, this is going to double up this last issue because yeah, we might stay in this world, but we kind of go somewhere else with it, right. I doubt it, but I think Age of Seven, you're, you're probably right about that. And it's like, yeah, this is going to end, and then there's going to be another volume, you know, maybe centering around one of the other characters, or maybe just continue with the Met Cadets as right. it is, and they want you know, to keep going with the work. Because it has gone far from... <laughs> uh, even Met Cadet U was like, it wasn't really about the, uh, the, the, the character of Stanford U. Right. So... You know, it, it very well is just kind of like no, it's about all of all of them, and you know, just kind of keep the, keep the thing going, which I wouldn't mind because like I said, it's been a pretty good story so far. Um, so yeah, like I said, wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. Um, yeah, that's that's really all needs to be said about. Yeah, that. yeah, because it's a nice setup for probably a big. You know, I I hit most of the major points without really spoiling anything. I think the execution of this book is you know is is top notch between you know the team of uh, Greg Pak and Tak Miyazawa and Ian Herring. We all know his colors because he's been on that like you know youthful the youthful book train for a long time. Well, he yeah. and Tak Miyazawa did Miss um, Marvel's book. Exactly. Well, you, you took the words right out of my out of my mouth because that's where I was going because that's where we know his colors from. Right. So yeah, 
Um, and you know, and we've always been, we've been because of that same thing. We've been fans of uh, Top Music. I was a art exactly from Miss Marvel, from Spider Gwen, and remember, I got a commission from him at New York Comic Con this past fall. Mm-hmm. This is true. So everything is in place. <laughs> everything worked out as. A, I wonder if that was intentional because um, I. I Looking back on it, it seems to make sense, but we don't know if that was like, you know, if that was something that they had intended to do. Right. So regardless, it works out for all of us and, and, and it's a good book. So you should definitely check it out if you are a fan of. Um, um, well, hey, young kids in mechs, even though there's a, a is a way bigger story than just that, though. Right. In right. Fact, Alien invasions, all this stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of an anime vibe to it, definitely. I think I feel like one of us has said that it, during the course of either this or you or uh, make it that you. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. That yep. being said, though, uh, we're going to go into the rapid fire. All right, we're spinning up the mini gun for rapid fire reviews. I ain't got time to bleed. All righty, first up for me is titans beast world number five of six this is the pen pen ultimate issue of this mini series for this event it's written by tom taylor with pencils by ivan rice and eduardo pancica inks are by danny mickey and julio ferreira colors are by brad anderson and letters by wes abbott ultimately I think the payoff in this, and I've said this from the beginning of my reviews of this series, is that uh, DC is definitely planting seeds for Amanda Waller to become front and center as opposed to being in the shadows. And that is quite literally what happens in this issue. Another thing that happens in this issue is kind of the reveal of what her ultimate goals are. Uh, one of the highlights of... In the, in, in, the, in the story told in this issue is a hand-to-hand fight between Peacemaker and Nightwing, and it goes exactly how you think it goes. Exactly how you think it goes. You can even hear John Cena saying some of these lines, right? Bottom line, though, is that the cliffhanger ending of this issue is pretty fun. I'm not that familiar with what they have done with the characters in the, in the Teen Titans or the former new Teen Titans. Uh recently you know they are now just the titans i you know i understand that they have given raven the name rachel because that's what the the character's name is on the tv show and it's still a little confusing to me but i really liked where this story this issue ended in the cliffhanger and how that relates to raven's character and what has happened to her over the course of this mini series of this event so I definitely enjoyed this issue, and I like what they're doing with the Titans. I don't necessarily like the idea of undercutting them in the sense that I, – I think I've said this before. You can start to see the setup for the recreation of the Justice League because of you know the Titans not coming through in a pinch. Next right, up. Real quick before you, before you go to the next one. There no Green Arrow number eight, I believe, came out this week. Okay. And – uh, a reason why I'm bringing it up is because Matt Dwalla is also in that book, and she's kind of doing some things with uh, over there that may or may not be playing into this whole thing as well. As you said, kind of making herself into a a bigger 
uh, thing in this new year, which you know she's always been somewhere. Right, right, and and chip. exactly. And what I was going to say is they're definitely trying to uh, play up her visibility. You know, uh, capital. They're trying to capitalize on her visibility from the TV and movies. Right. So. Okay, next up is Gods, G-O-D-S, number four. It's written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Valerio Schiti, colors by Marte Gracia, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. This is the last book that Roddy Cat and I have in common this week, and I'll give him an opportunity to chime in. I will say that one of the things I really enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed about this issue and, and that I enjoy about this uh, series so far is that it is the return of the Hickman mumbo jumbo, but it's magic mumbo jumbo and filling in sections of the Marvel universe's magic quadrant or magic side that I did not know needed to be filled in. And I kind of enjoy it. It also brings in some of the cosmic characters that we kind of know are pseudo magical, or at least, you know, pseudo uh, uh you know their their concepts as it were and that's kind of what uh Hickman uses as a as a starting point for some of these uh like universal type characters and this is still believe it or not set up four issues in there's a lot of setup going on here it doesn't help if you have missed the first three issues to pick up this issue, I definitely would recommend reading all four issues together. If this is your first one, track down one, two, and three, because that's pretty much how you're going to be able to make sense of what's going on. Anything else? And in a certain sense, even the the backup stories, which I know I think they have all collected by now, the the backup stories from a couple of months ago where they introduce a lot uh, a lot of these characters. You may get something out of that because you know who's because they don't really go into who, who and who and who is what in this story. Right. They just they just think that oh like you've already been there like they give you a little bit of hits in there because there's a couple of characters to kind of focus on, but for the most part, kind of left your own devices about that stuff. And yeah, more Hickman mumbo jumbo. If you definitely need a world kind of built and expounded on and and uh, set up. You're kind of going to Hickman at this point, as we have seen from his past work and current. Well, as his past work, I was about to say, and and you know his stuff going into the Cohen era. Also, if you've been up on that stuff, right? And our favorite stuff, the the whole uh, leading up to Secret Wars back in twenty what fourteen fifteen or whatever it was. Um, there was something else I was going to say about this one, but I can't remember what it was. Outside of uh, oh, there was a um, seven moment, uh, um, uh, a moment from the movie Seven. That I'm surprised uh, 8 to 70 may or may not have picked up on uh, having to do with a, a cube that uh, Doctor Strange and Wen, and, and Wen runs into. They don't outright oh, say what's it. what's in the box? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that makes me want to... That, that is a strangely rewatchable movie for me. Strangely, I mean, listen, I remember exactly when I watched it and it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of winced at some of the gore and some of the the, the scenes, but it's been a strangely rewatchable movie for me. I don't know if I, I think I own it on DVD, not on Blu-ray, but DVD. I think I might also have that same thing. It might be on 
It might be because like, I know I have it, but I don't know if right. I don't. Right. You know, so uh, you know, you're talking to a collector of some things, and it's kind of odd that I don't have a list, even if it's just a spreadsheet, because it's not like I'm going to buy an app, not like the collector's app for uh, for my movies. I did. I did do that. Oh, you bought the you bought the collector's app? Ah, mm. because uh, I have that for the comics. I I wonder if I get like a discount for the movies too. Uh, but I don't own that many movies. Right, as of it, depending on when you catch them, I think that was. I don't know if they're doing it anymore because I hadn't. It's been a while since I've. Yeah, and, and their prices have gone up. No shots at them, though. I understand yeah. things cost money. All right, right, next up. Sorry for the sorry for the uh, the detour there, folks. Next up is Power Pack into the Storm number one of five. Power Pack. Shout out to at Matt Wang ninety seven. This issue is written by Louise Simonson with art by June Brigman. Inks by Roy Richardson, colors by Nolan Woodard, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So as I just said, this is issue number one of five. And you would not be able to tell, based on how much dialogue there is, that this is the first issue of five. You would think this would be the first issue of two. There's so much to digest reading this. And... It's om- and, and it's something that Radhika and I had a quick discussion about because I said it's so jam-packed with dialogue and with setup that it is definitely new reader friendly, but at the same time, maybe not like newish reader friendly. And, and I'm going to try to differentiate the two. New reader in the sense that if you're new to Power Pack, it's friendly. If you're a reader that's new to reading comics, you may be a little overwhelmed because there's a lot to digest and read where a lot of today's comics, unless you decide to pick up immortal Thor or gods, (laughs) um, you may, I think, I think if you're picking up those books, you can pick up power pack. If you're picking up things like, you know, uh, things with lots of big splash pages, it's another story. So or G- I would put in G.I. Joe Real American Hero because Larry Hammer still writes like he used to, like he did back when it was when he started writing it. That right, book. right, right, right. So, you know, there's a certain way of write, of telling stories that is here in this book. And, you know, I think the, the I, I will tell you that I I had a lot of fun seeing these characters interact with each other and the Fantastic Four who coast or make a guest appearance in this issue because little Franklin way back when was a member of Power Pack. Yep. Alrighty. Last but not least for me is X-Force number 48. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Robert Gill, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by our favorite, Lettering Python, who's apparently not very busy lettering the books that I read this week, VC's Joe Caramagna. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there are weeks when uh, Joe Caramagna has lettered every book that we talk about. This week, just one for me. The one thing I will say about this issue, and we know that X-Force is going to have to deal with the Beast and the current crazy, you know, you know, heel turn Beast. Again, more wrestling terminology. So what do they do? Well, let's just say they send in the clones. I mean, clowns. Oh, oh gosh. I, I just spoiled it. But yeah, folks... When I saw that, I was like, oh, seriously? But 
I understood. And it's still told in a very solid story. That's the way Benjamin Percy does it. I'm just not so keen on the the trope that they're using here, the the mechan the, the the story mechanism that he's employing. But I still I still want to see uh, current Hank McCoy get his what for get his comeuppance. So I'm in I'm I'm on board to see that, and that's it for me. If they're not going to take him back to bubbly big big bubbly uh, blue beast, or at the very least X Factor level, you know, he's, then then just kill him off and let it go. Because I hate asshole beast. Yes, I really, really hate just oh, I've hated it. And, they, and this story has been going on for like a good actual what year year and a half? More, 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 more. Because he I mean, was already I mean, trans. I mean, I mean, with this current now, like yeah, the asshole beast has been around. Right. For like so jerk. Time. Right. So jerk face beast has been around for a long time. Like they they've been moving him in this direction since uh, they brought back the uh, the, the the young X Men. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you you see him like. You see the original beast like, oh, this is what happens to me, right? Right. That's it's been that long. That transformation has been that that character assassination you could even call it has been going on for that long, and it really went into turbo mode. Uh, oh wait, wait, what, what was it in, in Night Rider? Uh, um, what's that? No was, turbo. Was, no, it was turbo yeah. boost, and there was hyperspeed mode, wasn't it? Um, I guess I don't. You know what I'm talking about? When the when the fins came out, when the wings came out, yeah, the fins came out. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I don't remember if there was more than turbo or. or no, no, yeah, that was the that was right, extra turbo you know? boost. All right, that was more than turbo boost. I think they called it hyperspeed mode. I'm gonna check the Googles, but ultimately, they put the they put, <laughs> they put the heel turn beast. They put beast uh, the heel version of beast uh, on hyperspeed mode uh, since the Krakoa era started. You know, so they've really pushed that uh, that aspect, and you know whether or not they they reset the character in like the obvious way now that they've given the, them an out, they've given the the they they've provided a, a, a means of resetting the character here that's very clear and obvious, and I don't I never I never think that Percy's ever going to go the clear and obvious route, but you never know, so. Uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. But like I said, I'm on board to see the comeuppance. So that's it for me. All righty. Yeah. Let's just hope something good comes out of that. Cause boy, I hate it. Yes. Same, same, same. Uh, all right. For myself, we go, uh, we go into a little bit of, uh, IDW folks. Right. Oh, yeah. just very quickly. I'm sorry. I wanted to yeah. mention and remind everyone that, uh, mech cadets, as Mech Cadet U before it is published by Boom Studios. Correct. That's true. Sorry for the interruption. No, you got you got I think you reminded me because you'd started talking about IDW. So I wanted to mention that uh that is the publisher of Mech Cadets. Oh, which reminds me that uh speaking of um that's image though, that ghost machine one shot. I meant to read that, but I didn't get a chance to. But um as I Find out where the hell I put the doggone thing. I just there we go. Um, Dungeons and Dragons Saturday Morning Adventures two number one of I'm not I think it's four. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, I, I forgot to look that up. 
But regardless, here we go uh, once again with the kids, uh, or actually, well, they're not kids in this particular issue, uh, uh, start of this issue, of um, if you know of the Dungeons & Dragons animated series from back in the 80s, then congratulations, you're old like us, and probably have some fond memories of it. Um, So the Saturday Morning Adventures um, uh, banner has kind of been a thing, and I said oh, when the last one ended, I, I hope they do more of this stuff. And here they are. Cause they, did, they did a one shot probably like a month or two ago. And this particular story takes place after that. Actually, it takes place some years after that. So actually, the, the kids are a little older, but they're still trapped in, in the Forgotten Realms. Um, and they're on a quest because uh, that dungeon manager technically did give them, but did, by the way, the fact that he's come down with something and they need to go track down some uh some some stuff to, to get them better um they run into a at the very least one dungeons and dragons notable i would say um and they apparently have been here been there long enough to know this this character and they call him like oh yeah you're this character da, 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 da. i'm not gonna say who it is but you know um but uh and and when they're on this quest, but that was only kind of a cameo appearance before they kind of push on to the the quest at hand. Um, but of course, if you know anything about the the animated series, they are they have an adversary that always kind of shows their face uh, at some point in time. And this is no different because at the end of this issue, um, that person also kind of shows up after. Um, the the youngest of the crew kind of has a has a hissy fits and and, and uh, walks off or or storms off whatever the case may be, but there's also pirates uh, involved in this. So there you go, Dungeons and Dragons and pirates. Oh my! Uh, next up, uh, Darkwing Duck uh, from the from the world of Darkwing Duck. Excuse me, it's not Darkwing Duck, but it is of the world in that it is. Uh, oh, right, it's not called that. Called Justice Ducks, number one. Uh, there we go. Uh, oh, I, actually, I forgot to give the the um, the, the, the credits for the last book, but I'll come right, right around to it. But Dush, Darkwing Duck, Justice Ducks, number one, is written by Roger Langridge, with art by Carla Laro, who is the uh, artist on uh, Darkwing Duck, and letters by Jeff Elkeberry, who has pretty much been the letters um on on that whole thing so yeah um from the world of of darkwing duck comes basically the justice league of of uh duck the name didn't give you that already uh they had kind of been setting this up in the pages of darkwing duck already um but this kind of in the way of justice league kind of does a thing where it's like hey all of these characters kind of come together because of a because of uh some things happen um but of course, Darkwing being the Batman of the crew is like, no, I'm not a part of this. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. But if you need me, I'll be there. Type situation at the end of this. But the uh, the adventure they all end up going on within this first issue is, is kind of a strange one for this world and has to do with a um, frozen confectionery treat that uh, most people love, whether they can eat it or not. Uh, and aliens. So, yeah. But it's a but it's a good good fun read for folks of uh, uh, who who know of Darkwing Duck and probably know enough about the show to know of all of these characters. Uh, next up is 
Actually, let me go back to the Dungeons & Dragons thing. So Dungeons & Dragons cited in 1 Avengers 2 number 1 is written by David M. Boer, art by uh, George Cambadius. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> um, letters by Ed Dukeshire and colors by John Paul Bove. Bove? Bove? I'm not sure. I, I'm going to assume it's Bove, but I'm not sure. There's no accent in it. Yeah, era. I was about to say, it could be Bove. I've always heard that pronounced as Bove. Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering. So... Uh, but my next book is Star Trek Defiant Annual Number. Uh, actually, excuse me, Star Trek Defiant Annual Number uh, 2024. There's no number on that except for, you know, on the, on the thing. Because they do their annuals right by numbering them and not just do number ones. Anyway, um, written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Ramon Rosanas, and colors by Lee Luffridge, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So, this particular annual takes place after the Day of Blood. Uh, has to do with the character of Sela, which some, if you have kept up with, most specifically the the Star Trek New uh, the, the Next Generation part of uh, Star Trek, you know that Sela is basically the daughter of Tasha Yar, who met her at the end of season one. But timey wimey things happened, and she came and. This character came in as a Romulan um, because of timey-wimey things going on with that. And I totally had to, actually, I almost went back and watched a couple of episodes because I was like, wait, I remember this happening. I remember because at the beginning of the book, they kind of say, hey, this is this is who she is. This is her da 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 And I remember some of that, but also, like, wait, some, some of the stuff I don't remember because there was a couple of episodes of, um, I've seen all the episodes where she shows up, but at the same time, it's like, I don't remember where they said this and that and the other about that. Regardless, um, as as per a, a Star Trek book uh, that is dealing with a character that is basically was born out of some time travel shenanigans, they end up doing some time travel shenanigans um, as per as per the thing, and she ends up coming um, into contact with her mother, and uh, they have a thing going on because she has a she thinks of her mother in a certain way, and that has been kind of clear and because of the fact that you know her her makeup was a Starfleet officer and this Romulan you know uh warden who you know that the things happened when she got imprisoned but but also timey wimey stuff you know she got to had a hard life or whatever the case may be but she's also Romulan through and through as, uh, if people know the character so this uh annual was pretty much um a story that kind of like puts them together. She kind of sees her mother and I, I assume she sees her mother in a different light after this, but actually, uh, but we don't know. Um, and it seems like it's leading back into Star Trek defiant properly because she has definitely shown up there after the whole day of blood stuff. Uh, and so it's because there are some stuff that is, that came out of that, that is kind of still circulating here. Uh, to where she has been. Matter of fact, I believe the last part of this book um, puts her on the course to where she has been in Star Trek uh, Defiant book. And I can't if I remember correctly, she's not in that. She, she kind of left off on that part of the story for right now, but she's probably going to be back. Or I think she may still be with the queue. I can't remember crew. So it's some, some stuff going on. Regardless, um, it's an interesting read. 
for what it is because I wasn't wasn't sure what they were going to do for an annual. And I will say that, um, again, because of time travel and because of who she meets up with, there is unsurprisingly another next generation staple that shows up as a cameo uh, in this for a reason that you can read for yourself uh, if you care so much about. Next up, uh, Spider-Woman number three. I know Agent 70. No, feel free to spoil it because I did read it just now. I literally read it just now. Okay, and I saw you going through my notes, so I was like, I was wondering if something, something, something. I literally, because I saw your notes, and I was like, oh, let me read this real quick. And I was like, oh, so keep going. Go, 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 go. Yeah. So basically, um, she, gang war tie-in. Um, uh, Jessica Drew's kind of uh, trying to fight uh, Diamondback, who's uh, a one of the Diamondbacks, because there's a couple of them floating around. Regardless, who's taking over the financial district during gang war? Right. This is also, the Luke Cage and, Diamondback. Let's uh, we can always just put it that way. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, who's taking over the financial district, but also in bed with Hydra? And as if you know anything about um, Spider uh, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, her and uh, Hydra has a history. Um. And uh, a none too great history at that. So obviously she has a couple of different reasons to not like either one of those uh, parties mentioned. But also she uh, is uh, looking for her son, whom after the events of uh, Edge of Spider-Verse was either taken or some people forgot about. But luckily this story kind of, of, uh, you know, Makes just not crazy because some information comes up about that because uh, Madam Webb coincidentally shows up into this. Um, right, because uh, she's got a movie coming out too. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, but also, you know, hey, the the the, the web spinners all kind of uh, you know group up every now and then. So it wasn't just it's not just that, but it's definitely because of that, right? Um, so yeah, so like I said, Jess against Diamondback and Hydra trying to find her son. And as I think I had called it like probably last issue or the the issue before that, she finds out where her son is. Right, right. And I Uh, hate to say this, mm -hmm. you were right, but they hid it until this issue. They telegraphed it in this issue. They definitely did. They telegraphed it like, you know, in some of the commentary Early on in the, you know, like some of the dialogue, some of the the inner monologuing in the issue, they definitely telegraphed it. So when I read it, I was like, oh, he was right. But I felt like they kind of telegraphed it when that when this character kind of showed up. Well, also. because but it wasn't as heavy as this, right? Definitely. Because I think what it is is that in in this issue, I, I think maybe it's because I only speed read the previous issue, where they they describe this green mamba's abilities in this issue. When they describe it, it's like, Oh yeah. Roddy cat's probably right. Clear. Yeah. It is quite, quite clear. I'm like, and sure enough at the end, like I said, it, the, the reveal is there. So right. I'm like, all oh, right. Right. So what Which, do you think about this particular development now that your suspicion, however, like fanciful, I thought it was, is actually confirmed. I don't know what to think about it because this is not the first time we have seen a thing like this happen. It, I mean, this is the kind of thing that happens more so in like the likes of like soap opera, Star Trek. Well, not soap opera because that's a different different case, but like Star Trek or some other media that's more sci sci fi, right, right. Uh, but also, it does happen in comics. So it does, I'm not sitting here saying that it doesn't. So that being said, 
It just doesn't. Um, what I was going to say is, well, no, no, you, you make your point. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. All I was going to say was just that, you know, this thing's kind of happened. It's just going to, it's how they're going to resolve the issue. It's going to be the thing or not. Like, mm-hmm. okay, they're probably not going to put it back in the box and they're just going to go back from there because clearly, like I said, given the events of Edge of uh, Spider-Verse, things kind of got chopped. Um, so you're either going to have to deal with it or it's going to get to the point where it's like, well, she's not going to have this anymore. That That's not going to be a thing anymore. And I feel like that's kind of might, might be where they're going with this, but I could be wrong. And she's just going to have to deal with it as it is, but it's just going to be a, a road to get to that point. Right. So the point I was going to make when I so rudely interrupted Roddy Cat's train of thought was that it seems like this type of story is almost out of place in the pages of Spider-Woman. And one of the reasons why I stopped myself is that the previous run by um, Carla Pacheco had a lot of sci-fi stuff in it too. Like that seemed to me slightly out of place in the pages of Spider-Woman. But I guess the character kind of spans spans the 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 sci-fi like kind of fanciful uh, uh, the more like kind of wacky aspects of the marvel universe you know she does have spider-like powers but then she doesn't you know they're not she's not exactly like a female version of spider-man and i've always read uh, jessica drew as being you know, where, especially during the Bendis era, they really focused on her super spy abilities and her combat abilities, not so much any of the other, I guess, superhero style things that she could do. It seems like these more recent Spider-Woman runs are going more into that stuff, into the powers and the more supernatural, not supernatural, but like, uh, uh, kind of more, you know, like less less super spy stuff. Let's put it that way, less super yes. spy sp- stuff. Yes, yeah. Because even when the character came into play, like even back during the seventies, like she was a private investigator at one point. Like, yeah, she had the whole history. Where she's also had a complicated history, much like Carol Danvers. Right. They've kind of done things with. It's not as bad as Carol to 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 a certain degree. But still, it's just I, I would say it's just as bad, to be honest, because I, well, it's it's just as convoluted. Yeah, it's convo- I'll, it's I'll just as that. convoluted, maybe not just as bad, because we all know what Roddy Cat is uh, in, is um, referring to um, from uh, a particular Avenger story. Right. So that in that case, yeah, you hit it right in, uh, right on with the more co- with the convoluted part. Right. So. She was a she was a private investigator a lot, and they kind of went away from that. And then there was a the whole Hydra thing, and the, that that's kind of been, as you said, kind of especially during the Brenda's thing, kind of kind of came up to to the front and all this stuff. So yeah, they're they're trying to balance it out, but not to the point to where it's is outside of her complicated history's boundaries. Right. Put it that way, right? Um, like I'm almost yeah. I, I I'm almost I'm almost afraid to pull out my um. My super crisp uh, Ohatmu omnibus, the, the 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 deluxe edition, and look at the Spider Woman entry and see how much has been added to that since. 
I see the flex, right? This is just like he's like, oh. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, oh, there was the, so we talk about characters of a certain vintage that talk uh, a, a kind of a way, right? That is youngish. Uh, I think Thor kind of had a little bit of, or newish, I, I guess. In the, yeah, Thor like updating, a, yeah, updating the uh, updating the lexicon, updating the lingo that they use. Yeah, right. Jessica Drew, which say she's British, it doesn't really uh, it's, it's irrelevant, and they don't really play into that all that much. But she says something in this uh, in this in this book, and I'll move on from there. I quote: "You want legal advice? Get your shit, get your ish rocked by She Hulk next time." Now that's as a term, getting your stuff rocked is a newish term. <laughs> like, yes, there's been things uh, uh, similar to that. And, and, you know, it's not a big point. There's been worse case, uh, worse offenders than this, but I found, I saw it when I read that. That was funny to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that outside of the realm of what Jessica would say? A little bit, but at the same time, eh, you know. It's, it's that rubber band timeline. Right. That rubber band timeline, you know, because uh, what, you know, some people, some characters would, you know, would say groovy at one point. Now they say something else. At one point they said fly and then another point they're going to say something else. Right. So, you know, the younger spider folks in the, in, in the, um, you know, in the universe are, are, are getting a correct treatment, I guess, but it's, but it's also sometimes bleeding over into some, some other stuff. Right. Um, but regardless, that's, that's Spider-Woman number three, you know, still getting worked up, like I said, at the end of it. Um, and I believe I that that's... is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Um, we're, you know, since we brought it up earlier in the show, um, and brought him up earlier in the show. Shout out to one Matt Wayne ninety seven who we're just going to go ahead and give him this um, this um, th- this uh, click of the week, even though he is not here to do it for himself. Power pack into the storm number one of what five? <laughs> yes, of one of five. Because if I feel like almost every time he has been on the show, he hasn't mentioned either power pack or stingray or or, or the or new the, warriors or the new warriors exactly. So. He, we know he's a fan. I wish I, I should have reached out on him and, and asked him if he's re- had the time to read it because he's a busy dude. But um, see if he's read it yet. But yeah. I hadn't read it yet. He's just yeah. always like, yeah. I hope he picks it up. I hope he picks it up. I hope he picks up a physical copy or, or you know, worst case scenario, gets the digital. But, uh, right. you know, this is right up his alley, especially with Wheezy Simons and writing it too. So. Right. And actually going back to that point, yeah, like I said, like eight hundred seventy says, like there's this whole the, the kind of the old school way of writing that just definitely seems to have only I only flipped through like a page or two, so I don't you know, I didn't hadn't really You could just see from the density of the word balloons. Yes. Yep. It's like yeah, that is totally her in that uh back in that uh back in that era. Yep. Writing that. So you have yours? Oh, well, I have my two candidates. I have my two candidates. I have to really buckle down and figure out which I am going to choose. That would be, those would be Immortal Thor number six and Resurrection of Magneto number one. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not going to put uh, ROM original Marvel. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Chris Royale, um, the, the, the writer of the IDW book. Um, mm-hmm. the, the re the relaunch of, or the reboot, the, uh, of, uh, of ROM, he actually writes a forward 
in the trade. And he mentions that, you know, he had a, he has a, you know, a great love of the character. He does a quick, uh, you know, history lesson on it, but he mentions that, you know, he, he, he put together this relaunch and one thing that was missing was the, were the other, were like the, the, the intrinsically Marvel parts of the ROM story that he obviously could not use because he was at a different publisher. And it's, you know, it, it's kind of fun to, to hear and see, you know, to, to see that, um, to, to hear that basically, um, uh, the writer talk about that say, Hey, you know what? I wish I could have done it. I know I couldn't really comment on it, but I can write it here because I'm in the pages of a Marvel book and say, I wish I had been able to do, you know, because of licensing. But now here we are with a reprint of issues one through 29 plus, I believe it's a Power Man and Iron Fist issue that's in this particular omnibus trade paperback, which is great. I, I, I you know what, uh, you know, like I was on the fence about going to the store and just picking it up just on a whim, just going. I might still, it depends. Like, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I kind of had, I kind of have my heart set on filling out my ROM run, but if I just get a bookshelf versions, that might have to suffice, you know? The funny part about it is with the way they're setting up the Energon inner, in, uh, universe over at uh, Skybound Image, right? ROM could possibly fit, like they're pretty much throwing other things in, at the wall in this thing, but, um, but they've been keeping it pretty... You know, Transformers over here, and they're setting up J- Jadger now. But Rom could possibly fit up a little bit better than they than when they did that whole Hasbro shared universe thing a few years back, which I read. Right. Um, that that was a whole mess. Some 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 good things in it, but it was that was a whole mess that probably thankfully didn't go anywhere. Right. Right. And you wonder if maybe because of that whole mess actually <clears throat> happening, maybe Hasbro would play in the Marvel sandbox a little bit. With just this one character, right. you know, and just license it out. I don't know if they have plans for the toy. Imagine if they do a relaunch and try to tie it in, you know, and start trying to tie it back into the Marvel Universe. I don't know if that's in their long-term goal. Or Mask. I mean, the Mask was also a part of that, even you know, which uh, that was probably one of the losses in that whole thing. Because um, that seemed like it could have been cool. But, right. But yeah, I don't know. They it's very well. It seems like because we've been talking about this for the last past few weeks. There, it seems like with all the 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 variant covers and whatnot, uh, and Rom is kind of up in the air. It seems like it could possibly be. Possible. Yeah, like they're priming the pump for something. Right. So, but we don't know that for certain. So, right. I'm sure Agent Seventy will be very happy if they didn't do Absolutely, yo. I, I will be first in line to get that Marvel Legends. You know, <laughs> I'll be first in line. <laughs> you know, because it's a look. Those are Hasbro toys. <laughs> those are Hasbro toys. All they all all they have to do is license the Marvel stuff. You know. Which is basically the other Space Knights. Of yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just the Marvel characters. Imagine we actually get a, a blue torpedo. Or torpedo, you know? Oh, my gosh. Right. Anyway, all right. Uh, do you have your candidates, your your so choices? My candidates would be um, Resurrection of Magneto, um, 
uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Saturn One and Adventures, and Immortal Thor might be in there actually. Ah, that's nice. I'm glad to convert. <laughs> I'm glad to convert. <laughs> I mean, it's Al Ewan. It wasn't that hard of a you know. Yeah, yeah. Of an R. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the, the, the Star Trek Defiance story was good, but it was like, yeah, that, it, that is what it is. Uh, so, you know. Um, but yeah, those, those are pretty much my, my picks uh, that are that are front and center in a way. Right, 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 right. So I'm going to go with, oh my goodness, I really liked Immortal Thor and Resurrection of Magneto. And I really enjoyed the cliffhanger page of Resurrection of Magneto. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I have to look carefully at the art because I thought that, let's just say that the character who's depicted in the on the cliffhanger page was in the bowels of a submarine. And if you know the character, uh, a certain character's history, you might know why. Um, right. Actually, I thought about that being going, harking back to Wolverine in the tunnels. Of the subway, uh, I mean, in the the subway. Morlock, tu- the Morlock tunnels. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Oh, you mean? Oh, oh, oh! Well, but the sewers, but that was from the Hellfire Club, right? That like he was thrown into the Hellfire. That's from Dark Phoenix. Okay, but I definitely thought, like, I had to look carefully. I was like, oh, is he? You know, is, is that the insides, the innards of a submarine? So, anyway. Um, I think I'm going to bite the bullet and just go with Immortal Thor number six. That was my my initial thought. I think the one thing that kept me from picking Resurrection of Magneto is a normal guy at the beginning of the book. <laughs> Everything else was a bunch of mumbo jumbo, which is great. But, uh, you know, normal guy at the beginning of the book kind of kind of threw me off. So I'm going to go with Immortal Thor number six for all the reasons we talked about at the beginning of the, of the show. And for myself, um, yeah, like the, I am, I am still a sucker for like the the the, the 80s Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So seeing them uh, again, even though slightly older in, in this in this particular uh, adventure, you know, but still going at it is kind of a thing. But I think I actually am going to go with uh, Resurrection of Magneto number one because, you know, of all, well, one, all of the reasons that we talked about, including uh, Ewing Mumbo Jumbo <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and him digging into the bag once again, as he tends right. to do. Right. Uh, I'm uh, just glad that you pointed out some of those, you know, they're more than Easter eggs. Right? right, but there are they are kind of the 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 toys that that Al Ewing has played with in in his portions, you know, like where he's played in the Marvel Universe sandbox. So, um, I, I appreciate that because, as I said, I was like, well, I recognize Adam Brashear, but who's this he's talking to? I have the power of Google at my fingertips. I just chose not to use it. That's great. You know, so I appreciate you letting me in on that. You know, one of the things that we do before we record is try to get in as many books as we can. And because of, you know, my own uh, schedule this week, we're recording on a Friday. So, um, uh, you know, and because of that, uh, sometimes, you know, it, it actually sometimes works out better because we have more time to read. So we're able to get more books in. So, 
but uh but yeah sometimes we're trying to squeeze in as much as we can and 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 we don't always have a chance to sit even with that extra time to google like who is this character <laughs> why does this matter so all right <laughs> that's it for our reviews uh, let's get into uh, an ad read, shall we? Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron uh, gives you fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Cinematic news, folks. We start off with, hey, guess what, folks? You know that that Barbie movie that's uh, done done a lot of stuff and may or may not have some. Well, there was a slight. I'm not gonna say controversy is the word for it, but there's some hubbub over <clears throat> who got nominated for awards or, or not. You know that kind of thing happening. Regardless, Sharon Stone pitched a, uh, a Barbie movie back in the '90s and quote got laughed out of the studio. And she thanks, according to this article, thanks Margot Robbie, Robbie and company for their courage and endurance, quote unquote, according to this. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the thing that happened. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say about that. Like I said, <laughs> it, it does go through who uh, who got nominated for some stuff. But I think this article came out before the um, Oscar noms. So. Next up. Okay, so this is an interesting story that I have not read anything about. Uh, apparently, one of the most anticipated documentary premieres at 2024 Sundance is Super Slash Man, the Christopher Reeve story, which tracks the eponymous star's rise uh, rise to Hollywood icon and the near-fatal horse riding accident in 1995 that left him paralyzed from the neck down. Apparently, uh, just very quickly, uh, his children, Will, Matthew, and Alexandra, appear as subjects in the movie, and they were interviewed um, by Variety, and they basically say, the headlines of the story is, Christopher Reeves' children never watched that abominable Flash CGI cameo. They say he would choose Remains of the Day Christopher Reeve, Christopher Reeve would choose Remains of the Day over Superman as the film he would be most proud of. Interesting. Which, I mean, I I feel like I've seen that movie. I don't remember if I have or not, actually. Yeah, because I remember even after the accident, he was still accident. He was still doing some acting. Right. And, and um, you know, and stuff. And I think I've seen a couple of stuff that he's been in, but uh, yeah, but obviously Superman is the one. Right. That's what most yeah. people know him for. Right. Especially us. Um, but definitely. So, and not, you know what? I'm like, I, I haven't seen it either kid, uh, folks. <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen right. that flash movie. Wait, did you finally watch it or you still hadn't watched it yet? What are you talking about? I went to see it lo- uh, opening night. Flash movie? Yes. I thought you, 
I don't see. I, I even posted a story on uh, Instagram with my buddy Malcolm because he went dressed up as um, uh, one chain Bruce Wayne. Oh, that was from that. Okay. Yeah, okay. because of because it was a Batman thing. Right, because of Batman thing, you don't realize that that was an awful Flash movie. Right. Well, not even that. It was just I wasn't thinking about it because obviously, you know, time and you right. know, wasn't given a movie either way. But yeah, I totally forgot that was from, from that. <laughs> One chain Bruce Wayne. Indeed. Yeah, I still haven't seen that Flash movie. One of these days, maybe, but I don't I, I don't want to see this. I'm never. Movie. Listen, we were talking before about um, the movie seven actually being actually having some rewatchable value. The Flash movie has no rewatchable value. <laughs> I'm about to say, especially at this point, because the, the, all of that stuff is of an era now. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like no rewatchable value at all for me. Right. So moving right along, though, I'm gonna throw this article in here really, really quick. Because, um, but hey, guess what, folks? Did you want a um, a Bob the Builder a animated Bob the Builder movie that's produced by Jennifer Lopez? Well, guess what? You're gonna get one. What? Uh, uh, and it's going to be starring a- Anthony Ramos of, um, well, of recently of um, uh, Transformers: uh, Rise of the Beast fame, but I know he's probably done other stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you just put that in the sheet? All right, I'm clicking well, reload. I, well, no, no, I, I didn't put it in the sheet yet, but I. Uh, oh, but, okay. But I pulled it. Up. I'm about to put it in, in a second, but before I get to this next article. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Which is the actual article that's in. Um, a new Madam Web character posters features the main heroes and the villain. Apparently, from recent reports, uh, Madam Web is going to be a period piece. What? Uh, yeah, but also we still don't know what the hell it is. But we, we know it's coming out next month on the 14th. It's oh, time for gosh. Yeah, so you, as, you, as you can see, um, if you're watching the video version, you can see the um, the character posters, which is mostly black and white, with the exception of their eyes and and or and or suits, whatever the case may be. Um, sure. Wait, so is the main <laughs> villain supposed to be Ezekiel? I don't know. Oh my god! With these movies. I don't. I, as I said this on, on Twitter, and I say this again, uh, again. I don't think they fucking know what this movie's gonna be. It's awful, man. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't think those are the strongest Spider-Man stories, but you know, out of out of these stories, we did get Silk. You know, yes. same time, like, well, you know what? If Sook was in here and is like, well, they're going to use this to kind of jumpstart whatever that show is, then right. I would have been happy with that. Right. That would have been fine with me. Um, would I have still watched it? Or will? <laughs> but I would have probably been more apt to watch it if, if I knew that was going to be the game. We just still don't know what the hell this thing is going to be. Right. <laughs> like, all we know is that there are four different um, alternate Spider-Women of whom none of them ever in the books, uh, well, up until like Spider-Verse type stuff, shared any time together. Mm-hmm. from different times and I think probably one of them was even from a different universe maybe I can't I don't remember um, no most of them for, were, were six from six because Anya definitely and Maddie Franklin but I, I don't remember that regardless hey it's yeah that's the thing okay I just put that uh, Bob Builder story in the, the thing above that Madam Web story um, 
but yeah, that's 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 those are really. I think we said more about that movie than 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 that needed to be said. (laughs) Next up, up, Deadpool three officially wraps shooting. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman have shared new behind the scenes photos and comments. Listen, this movie's coming out this year, whether you expect it to expected it to or not. But you know, obviously the uh, the SAG, AFTRA, and WGA strikes uh, put a real uh, put the brakes on this. Uh, but they did finally finish. Um, whether or not they go back for reshoots is another story. But bottom line is we expect to see this um, come out this year because post-production is starting right away. Right. Oh, most assuredly, there are probably going to be some reshoots because, I mean, that usually, you know, when the brakes aren't on, it was going to happen regardless. So I'm sure if they have to, they will definitely do that. Right. Uh, with with no hold barred at this point. So... Uh, I don't know. I still haven't seen the second one, so I guess I will probably do it because I know people are saying this might set up, might go some way to set up the X Men coming into the to the. I mean, we've already gotten some setup. That's the thing. It's just going to continue. It's just going to continue that setup. We've already seen the setup. Presumably, yes, because yes, because of because of um, uh, Doctor Strange. Yes, no, the Marvels. Well, I mean, yes, that that too. But I'm just saying, but that did start in a way started in Doctor Strange. Yes, of, I, I agree with that. But I think we've already seen the setup in the Marvels. Are, yes. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um next up though, um Marvel restarts production on Daredevil Born Again. That's not a big surprise because after mentions, you know, Strike being over. So, and this is coming off the the heels of uh, Echo, which we talked about last week. Last week? Yeah, I think so, last week. Recently, yeah. Um, Twitch, hey, I still like the show. It's still pretty good. I don't know if if I'll watch it again anytime soon, but um, yeah, it is, it is, it is what it is. But hey, no surprise, Daredevil Born Again is, uh, is, is back into production. So, as far as I know, they're up there where you are, Agent 70, and I don't know if there's any, I don't know if it says here um, uh, of any production type situations like it normally would be found. Uh, but I'm sure that will probably come about if it hasn't already. It does say here in this article that the show would not be 18 episodes as uh, first announced or excuse me, or that of a typical broadcast network season, but will be more in line with the original Netflix Model of lower episode counts. So, and then they go into the tease and, and echo and blah, 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 blah. So, now the question is, will, and this is probably the most likely of the case, what happened at the end of echo um, be be accounted for in this? Probably, but, you know, we don't know that for certain. Or in some way it probably will be. I don't know. Next up, though. Right. So speaking of Wilson Bethel's bullseye or the character we all presume to be bullseye is returning for Daredevil Born Again. So this is a character named Benjamin Poindexter from the third season of of Netflix's Daredevil is returning to the MCU during the events of Daredevil Born Again. Um, Marvel did not respond to comment for the story. Um, interestingly, in this particular article, I did not realize that the plan is to keep what has already been filmed and work around that because they're going to basically shrink it down to a 12 or 13 episode 
uh, season as opposed to the original 18-episode order. So uh, reports have uh, described Bullseye appearing in three episodes out of these uh, 13 or so episodes. So – um, or 13 or 12 episodes. So we'll see how that all uh, plays out. It'd be interesting to see how they work in what they already filmed. Right. Also, I didn't, I, I was wondering why I wasn't familiar with the fact that Bullseye was in uh, the first one. So like, I hadn't seen this, uh, the third season. That right. makes total sense now. Right. I'm like, who the hell? When did this happen? Right. <laughs> um, I'm not going to put that in there. But next up, Patrick Stewart, or why his Doctor Strange cameo, speaking of, was frustrating and disappointing, according to, uh, and I should, I should just flip the, flip the, um, uh, this with the other things, because basically he was on some podcast um, and teased a potential return as Charles Xavier in Deadpool 3. But it says here also that, that as he quoted, um, I was alone. I think each of us of the leading actors uh, had the same experience talking about his cameo in um, Doctor Strange and the uh, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, it was challenging. It was frustrating and disappointing, excuse me, uh, but that is how it has been. The last few years have been challenging. Uh, so, yeah. Next up. All righty. Uh, X-Men 97 high res character images offer uh, new looks at the animated TV shows heroic leads. So you can see um, Cyclops and Jean Grey, but there are um, other characters obviously that we're going to see, um, including Storm, Wolverine, Beast, Gambit, Jubilee, Sunspot, Morph, Rogue, Bishop, and the Master of Magnetism, Magneto. But uh, there's going to be some different things happening here in this uh, series. Hopefully, we will actually see this later sometime this year in 2024. I believe it is set for later this year, uh, the last I checked. But well, yeah, we'll see if that changes or not. Speaking of, though, um, we get the first look at the, the – also look at the, the, at the first eight superhero logos – uh, four set characters. Um, I think this is kind of going along with that last one as well. Um, so there you go. You know, if you remember uh, the original X Men show and how they worked, they had their uh, their intros in the title uh, in, in in the uh, in the opening. Then yes, yeah, probably going to be similar to that. Seems like. Next up, I, I was about to. I still hadn't seen that other X Men show, the one where they were younger. Might might dive into that one of these days but next up i love how the the, the magneto one is is essentially opposed from marvel versus capcom or or the x-men video game right that's literally like the pose that he has when he's firing off his you know his fireball move wait is this in the last um yeah the, from the last story uh, oh, from the last story right. i'm looking at the images and i'm like oh yeah that's exactly what he looks like now, now I want to play um, what you call it, uh, um, any Marvel versus Capcom or that I have. Yeah, you do, you know? yeah, right? you do. But some shits are good, except for that last one. But anyway, um, yeah. you can probably still find um, Ultimate uh, MVC three out mm-hmm. there for cheap. So yep, 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 yep. I mean, I think I would still have to get a PS five to play that. I mean, you can get a PS four too. I mean, mm, PS four. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. 
Well, might as well get a PS5. Come on. I know. <laughs> just get in on Spider-Man. I know. I know. Listen, I barely have time for anything right now. I'm not. I keep, that's one of the reasons we've we've had this discussion on this show before. Why I don't get a PS5. You know. Right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, President Bartlett. What's next? Uh, watch the Star Wars Bad Bad season three trailer. It's out there. I haven't watched it yet, but it's out there. Uh, the final season will kick off on a, with a three episode premiere. Wednesday, February the 21st, if I'm not mistaken, I did hear some rumblings about uh, Asajj Ventress be, uh, showing up in this. And also, I don't think I have, you know, well, I'm going to take this next one since it's already, <laughs> since I've already mentioned Sure. Um, her Asajj Ventress's death uh, in the original Star Wars canon has not been, uh, is no longer canon. Which is pretty much saying, hey, the, yeah. And since she's uh, apparently is reportedly going to be in um, um, uh, Bad Bad season three, yeah, she couldn't be alive if, uh, if she had died by some other some means a while ago. So wait, so did they did they this. kill her during Clone Wars? No, I think this was a book. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, or at some point after. The oh, in the thing. canon novel, Dark Disciple. Right. So. Which a lot of that stuff, you know, is is not even canon anymore because like they're they're going to cherry pick what they tend to use or not, and just like in this case, so it's cool because I like that character. Um, I still think her and Obi Wan had a thing going on. But <laughs> of course they did. Oh, of course they did. They absolutely yeah. did. You know, there was a lot of hello there going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell about those Clone Wars episodes. Some of those Clone Wars were like, yeah, there's something else here. Come yes. On. <laughs> yes, there's. Listen, shout out to Mallory Rubin over at the Ringerverse. Uh, no, at the Ringer. Um, yeah, Asajj Ventress. You know that, that there's definitely, definitely some, you know, some some sexual tension between herself and uh, and Obi Wan Kenobi, especially during Clone Wars. So absolutely. You know. And at the end of Clone Wars, if I remember correctly, she had pretty much got to head. Well, everybody on Deathmere had died, and she had kind of been forsaken by 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 um, Dooku and and whatnot. But he, you know, he's whatever, and she had ended up being like a bounty hunter or something, or right. basically, at the very least, a merc. So, right, 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 right. So, if all you remember her from is the Clone Wars, then she was still alive, unless you read that book. Yeah, Which, seriously, that's what I thought too. I was like, wait, she's dead. So, you know what? I'm very much looking forward to actually, you know, saying this when I watch the Bad Batch. I didn't even know the trailer was out, but here we go. Hello there. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I have that book actually. Not to think about it. I don't think I ever read it, or I got a snippet of that book. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, next up, though. All right, one second. Let me just click back. I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely not going to bed until I watch um, this trailer. I'm going to enjoy that. Next up, uh, Tron Three starts shooting first set photo release. So apparently, uh, Tron Three has officially started filming, and now there is a set photo out there. Um, it is a sequel to um, Tron Two, which came out what year? Tron Legacy, I believe that was. Oh, Tron Legacy. Yeah, that's that was, it was still trying to, but yeah, it was, right. It was, Dang if I know because I didn't watch it. So I did. It was all right. Uh, twenty ten. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's a while. I mean, consider how long it was from <laughs> from the original Tron to that. That's now. true. That's true. That's true. That's true. 
Very true. Very true. All right. Yeah. This one is more Jared Leto focused, which I'm not crazy about because I know we had talked about this. I'm not crazy about him regardless. Right. Um, But he was also, if I'm not mistaken, was in uh, Legacy as a side character. So I guess they're just taking it from there. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. I guess I don't know why people like him, but that's just them. Mortal Kombat Two movie uh, producer teases Carl Urban's Johnny Cage in a new photo, which I, I I thought I looked at this picture and I don't know if this is a picture from him and the boys, but that's what it looks like—a picture of him and the boys. And I haven't even seen the boys, so um, I don't know. But basically, I think there was also another po- uh, uh, picture with. Uh, the cage belt buckle, um, not 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 Luke Cage, but Johnny Cage, which you know I feel like one bit the other wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, Carl Urban still getting that work. Oh yeah, <laughs> so which is good. You know I, I like him in a lot of stuff. It's like he's he he has done a surprisingly uh, good McCoy in Star Trek. Movie. I liked him as McCoy. You know I, I like his McCoy. Yeah. So he's he's almost like a chameleon because I think he didn't he also play Robocop or Judge Dredd? Judge Dredd. Yes. Judge Dredd. Wait, so now I got to take a look at this. I got to take a look at this uh, cage thing because Johnny Cage has a look and I, I, I never thought that Carl Urban had that look. So now I'm curious. True, but they've also changed Johnny Cage's look over the course. Oh, have they? Yeah, I only have the flat. first. I only have the first iteration of Cage in my head. Johnny Cage. No, they have. They've. He's gotten all of the characters have gotten older. They even rebooted that whole thing. It was this last one. They totally did a a, a reboot. Really? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's it's that the thing. Ah, that's so, like a Luke Cage uh, 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 belt buckle. Exactly. That's what what the hell? Oh, come on. Anyway, which is why I said that. I was like, oh, really? Okay. Goodness but, gracious! Yeah. All right, next up. Let me get get out, get away from this. Speaking of the boys. <laughs> The Boys season four release new announcement signals the bad bad news for Premiere Window. Boo! So apparently, you know, uh, a recent announcement from Amazon Prime Video spells trouble for fans of The Boys and the show's season four premiere date. Although The Boys season four wrapped production in April 2023, the strike still had their impact on development. Some ADR voiceover work was still left to be done after filming, but it couldn't not be completed because of the strikes. So apparently an official premiere date was not included in the uh, Amazon um, – uh, well, hold on. I just got to keep scrolling because apparently the people were expecting at the uh, after the season finale of the Prime Video spinoff Gen V to get a release date, but it didn't come. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I mean, there's some speculation. So apparently they're using other context, other announced uh, releases to kind of place this. So they're looking for uh, this article speculates that it'll be sometime in May or even June of this year. Right. Uh, so yeah, so nothing has been announced yet. That's the that's one of the key uh, things to remember, and uh, we'll see what the official announcement says. 
right? And the 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 whole ADR thing is kind of weird, which I guess well, it's not weird because I mean that's that's the thing that happens, but like that being the hold of over because of the strike is slightly kind of weird to me, but I don't know how all that plays out. So either way, it doesn't matter. Next up though. Um, sad news, Alienation and Star Trek Enterprise star Gary Graham dies at 73. I remember him from Alienation. Um, he was the lead dude in Alienation, if you remember that show. Um, but, uh, yes, it says here that, um, the actress' ex-wife was the one who announced the news on Facebook, uh, and said it is with deep, profound sadness to say that Gary Graham, my ex-husband, amazing actor and father of our beautiful only child together, Haley Graham, has passed away today. Um, oh, he was so vile in Enterprise. Okay, okay, I remember that character. Um, and then it's a couple of quotes uh, here and there. And if you're watching the video version, you can see uh, a, a picture of him uh, looking at a Star Trek poster. Uh, Oh, yeah, there you go. Next up. How Godzilla Minus One's black and white version is different from the original explained by the director. Oh, this is a, 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 a good article to read because I was thinking about maybe catching this in black and white. So let's see what's different about it. So... Uh, Godzilla Minus One Minus Color is a black and white version of the original film set for release in the U.S. on February 12th. Um, actually, February 1. So that's a typo. Mm. Right? So it's going to hit theaters starting on February 1. And I, and I understand it's a limited release. Uh, it's... In conversation with the rap, Yamazaki, the director, explains how it's different. The director points out that the original 1954 version of Godzilla is, of course, in black and white. So, you know, he wanted to see what it would look like, uh, what this movie would look like in black and white with the modern technology. Um, let's see. So what's different is they went back to the colorist and they actually masked different portions of each shot. So that's partially what's different. So it's not necessarily just you know making a black and white and throwing it back on the screen um it in a sense increases the reality he says feeling almost like a documentary and making audiences feel that godzilla actually exists this version is apparently way scarier than the color version um so it feels like a different film that's interesting I have heard that doing a, doing a, such a treatment has worked for certain films. Yeah, I'm uh, very yeah, I'm de- definitely interested, and obviously, I'm trying to convince Roddy Cat to watch it in the theaters before it leaves the theaters. I, having already seen the color version, I'm actually kind of curious to see what um, the uh, the minus color version looks like. I thought it had left the theater already. Oh no! Well, oh. wait, no, I'm seeing. I just looked on Fandango. I see. Uh, minus one, minus color. Yeah, so I think that's what's there now. Uh, oh, actually, it may have already left. It may have already left. Yeah, I think it did. Because I think the, when the last time we talked about it, I think it had left that weekend. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So, so with, after a brief, after a brief break, basically from the theaters, it's going to be back, but with the uh, in the minus color version. Right. Yeah, and looks. Uh, 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 Fandango is to be believed. It looks like it is already 
uh, they got tickets out for it. Unless that is, oh, says mine's called. I don't know. That's weird. I have to look. Yeah, I mean, it. I'll look into it too. I'll look into it too because I am definitely. Um, you know, this is a movie I saw on my own. I didn't, I didn't expect anyone to come with me to go see it. I just went and, and, and watched it because I wanted to go see it. So I may just pick a day when I'm not playing volleyball after work and just go. Right. So, yeah, I don't know if that, the, 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 the that definitely was a typo you just, you saw in the beginning of this article in the summary, I believe, but at right. the same time, the pandemic was saying is it's. And this is listed up until the first, which it looks like it's got listings for. So, or oh, actually, I take that back. Oh no, no, that's right, that's right. Never mind. Uh, well, are you on the Fandango page? Now I'm curious. Fandango page, yeah. Okay, so today's ones were out. Uh, Friday, Saturday, yeah. So I'm seeing uh, you can get times for tomorrow. You t- we're talking about the regular minus one, right? No, no, for uh, minus color. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is like yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get it now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So as the time you hear this recording, it's probably may already be in theaters. The um, uh, Godzilla minus one minus color. Yeah, you can go now, 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 now. Shoot, I I may just do that depending on the weather over the next couple of days. You know. Like if I just, you know, if I decide to, to, to switch up plans, like, you know what? I'm just going to go and just, you know, just watch it. Just enjoy it. Right. Um, that being said, uh, Shin Godzilla is on Crunchyroll. Not a sponsor. Just saying. Is it? That. Yeah. No it's kidding. Oh, it's been out there for a while. It's on Crunchyroll? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was kind of shocked, too. But they do have some live action stuff here and there for, for things. But. I haven't seen I haven't seen Shin Godzilla since since it left the theaters. Oh, there you go. Now you can now you can check it out there. Yeah, because like I, I saw it a while back. I was like, that's odd. I saw it in the theaters, like you know, like a like the limited release that that we all thought um, uh, minus one was going to get, but obviously minus one gained so much more traction in the theaters. Right. Alrighty. Um, do I have the next story? Uh. No, no, no. you do. You do. You do. Just. One so yeah, uh, but it is a Godzilla one. So Godzilla uh, is um, now um, Oscar nominated. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's only for one of the minor ones, but it's also the one like the the, the category that most of the uh, the genre films get nominated for. Right. So it is up for best visual effects alongside the creator, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, which is Part One, which I still haven't seen. Same. And because I don't yeah. get Paramount, I know Roddy Cat gets Paramount Plus. I do, and I still haven't watched it yet. That's ah. <laughs> which actually, I got to tell you about something else that 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 was kind of funny that I just um that just happened recently about something we uh we're talking about. Either way. Uh, and Napoleon, I don't care nothing about. Why are they making movies about terrible people? I continuing to do that. Please, no I you know what I was about to say. I know that uh, you know uh, I I definitely have a soft spot for Guardians three, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty much rooting for uh, minus one in this category. I mean, I would too, and I didn't even seen it, so I agree. I mean, Volume three was all right, but it's eh, I don't know if it's the even the effects were good, but I don't know if it's all that. So uh, if you're watching the video version, you might, you'll probably be able to see the fact that I do have, yeah, on Crunchy, you can see on Crunchyroll site, Shin Godzilla. Oh yeah, no, I just, I just pulled it up. I pulled it up on a, on, on another device on my iPad and I, I see it. 
So, that's, so that that may that may be like um, uh, <clears throat> viewing this weekend for me. We'll see. Next up, though, wait. Why does are... this article say King Kong still reigns supreme? Because he's got Oscar. Uh, oh, it got nods for the remake, yeah, so the '76 remake. The... I got it. Yeah, they they've had nods before. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a quote here I almost uh, um, uh, uh, was going to say about from the uh, effects artist, but we're not. We don't have to worry about that. You can do it for yourself, but it's cool. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into the anime corner. Oh, wait, hold on. Before I sp- before I spin up and uh, uh, and animate things, so apparently the Jack Black version, Peter Jackson's King Kong, scored a bunch of nominations. Yes. Dang. Well, because, you know, for like it or not, obviously Kong is has, has seen more Hollywood love. So, you know, the legendary the legendary um movies are probably the only, you know, cuz no one's going to nominate that 1998 Godzilla movie for anything. They so. will not. Sorry to Matthew Broderick, but no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. So uh, here we go. Anime corner. Anime, anime. Sword Art Online has a new movie in production. So um, this is in production, and I guess it's scheduled to maybe come out in twenty twenty four. Um, let's see here. So this is a hit anime that crossed its 10 year anniversary in 2022. It is on my list of, uh, anime to watch and it is still thriving. So let's Wait, see. Wait, was that the list? Sword Art Online? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's one of, one of the members of my, um, anime advisory council, uh, oh. put that on my list. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to misquote. I do have my uh, my trusty list in my notebook nearby. But meanwhile, um, Sora Online is moving forward behind the scenes for an upcoming film. So, yeah, it, it says there's no release date yet, but it's hopefully anticipated for 2025. It's in production. That's all it says. 2024. Oh, okay. Or uh, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I sort of learned is like, okay, they made that when they made Large Horizon, and, and there's been a few of those, and then Isekai ended up blowing up also, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those that don't know, hey, people get trapped in, in an MMO. <laughs> video, game, uh, video gamers get trapped in an, MMO, in an MMO. How, you ask? Well, you know. This yeah, is our, our it's definitely reality. on my list. It's on my list. Yeah, it is, this is our virtual reality future, possibly, so... Um, I think I've watched a couple of episodes of it, and I, but I, I said I was going to come back to it. Like, but that thing, yeah, that thing is kind of still going. It's, it's ridiculous. I think there's been a couple of spinoffs also. Mm-hmm. So, either way, next up though, uh, the Rising of Shield, the Shield Hero season four has been announced, and of course, Crunchyroll is going to stream the new season because, of course, they are. Um, it says here that it's going to stream on Crunchyroll in North America, Central America, South America. Da, 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 da. There's no date in place yet, but stay tuned for further uh, information. And I know people love like that show. I have seen rumblings of it online, but I've never watched it. So, go next up. 
Demon Slayer anime broadcast special edition of Entertainment District arc in February to prime the pump for the uh, the next arc coming out. So uh, let's see what this article says. Waiting for it to load. Um, so with Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba returning to TV in spring 2024, it's a great time to get refreshed. So um, they're doing a two-part special edition airing. So this is these, this is for viewers in Japan, apparently. Um, the Entertainment District special edition airing will be aired in Fuji TV Saturday premium block. So that basically reviews the events of episodes 34 to 44. That's cool. And yeah, they've done this before in the, in the past uh, arcs. So this is not, out, not, not outside the realm of what has happened before. Exactly. Uh, but still, it's it's cool to see. And I think, you know, we're going to get the movie definitely. Uh, in the, but you, know, you can just go. And yeah, February 22nd. Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, that's the, um, the whatchamacallit, the, uh, uh, the premiere. So I think is the story is it's going to be like the last premiere, which is like the last two episodes of the previous season. And then they're going to drop the first episode of the new season. I believe that is the case, but it doesn't say that here. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you watch the swordsmith village arc finale and then get a sneak peek. Got it. Got it. Got it. So yeah, like I said, they've they've done that before. So not mm-hmm. not a big. Surprise. I mean, I I attended it, so I know. Right. Um. And Flex and Crunchyroll announced Demon Slayer. No, well, wait, hold on. Oh yeah. So these are the dates that's actually for the um, the the Hashira training theatrical dates actually, um, starting from February twenty first to uh, the twenty seventh, and they are in places that are not the U.S. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. well, actually, I take it back. Um, New North American theaters, including IMAX and premium large formats, will be going starting. Uh, will be running off February twenty third. There you go. And that is the, the Tutha Hashira training uh, uh, event. But there you go. Um, catch it, believe it, as uh, the as the other anime uh, character would say. Mm-hmm. Next up, though. Hold on. Solo leveling took a big risk by rejecting the big new anime trend, apparently. Hmm. I'm I'm just opening the uh, article now, so give me a moment. Um, instead of following in the footsteps of Oshi, Noko, and Freerin, Solo Leveling's prologue is split into one apparently okay debut and one spectacular follow-up. That's some editorializing right there. Yeah, it is. So, you know, these are spoilers for episode two. Um, I'm not going to go into this. I have not watched this yet. I'm not familiar with the story. I don't know if I'm going to start it, but, um, okay. I have, I am, it's great. It's okay. good so far. I'm not gonna, I don't want to get hyperbolic, but I, I think it's good so far. And I've read some of the, the at the very least, this part of the manga. Got it. Uh, and it pretty much captures it pretty well. So I thought that the, they were, it was fine. This, whoever's writing this is whatever. Uh, I know episode three is out there and I haven't watched it yet. And four is about to come out uh, so probably not too long from now. Okay. Uh, next up, though. Um, Country Rose Complicated New Isekai reverses the, gens, uh, the genre's central trope. 
Uh, and apparently there's um, uh, yet another isekai called uh, Sasaki and Peeps, um, in which the, the roles of the fantasy world and the modern world has been clearly established. The um, oh, apparently the main character like works in the fantasy world, but I guess lives in the the real world or something, according to what it's saying. Um, yeah, the the anime f- maintains a focus on the modern world and the action that takes place there, while the fantasy world serves as a backdrop for creating commerce. So, sure, that's that's an interesting flip, but. But that's all, also kind of sounds like Digimon, where they kind of was going back and forth at a certain time. But either way, hey, it is what it is. Uh, next up, though. Oh, we get into um, the manga corner. But before we do that, I'm going to throw something in here really, really quick. I'm so sorry. Very quick. Um, I forgot to do. So the, the, if you remember, I was talking about the Kyoto uh, Animation uh, Fire from shoot, 2019, I think it is. Um, well, they caught the arsonist and he has been sentenced to death. Ah, good for him. Yes. And, uh, I'm saying like, see us, you can do that same thing with the, with the, the people from January 6th. That's all I'm saying. That's mm. just me saying that. that's just me. But yeah, that's the thing. I just wanted to bring that up real quick. So they, they, they caught the guy and he's about to get <laughs> next up though. Um, actually, right. So this is my story. Yes. So apparently there is a squid game-like anime called Tasuketsu, and it's confirmed for 2024. So it's a survival game type a story, and it's apparently even more brutal than Squid Game. Okay. So it's Battle Royale, the whole thing, where the whole thing started from? <laughs> I know. I mean, come on. Look, if y'all haven't seen Battle Royale, your shit is good. I mean, like, it's it's... Is really good. I mean, I haven't. I honestly, I don't think I've seen it all the way through, so I may have to circle back to that. I mean, granted, it's brutal and it's not U.S. Right, it's not U.S. made, but it it is. It's good. And like I said, this is where all that shit kind of came from. So let's let's let us be. Let us not kid ourselves. Um, but hey, there you go. Now we're gonna get into the manga corner. United. My hero, right? Yep. And speaking of, I, you know, like I was just thinking of what I was going to play, and I'm like, oh, am I up to date on the My Hero manga? And it looks like I am now two chapters behind because they just put out a couple of new ones in January. Nice. So I got. Yeah. I'm going to circle. I'm going to circle back and read them because you know because of the holidays, some things go on hi not hiatus but on uh, temporary break. So. Right. I am teetering, very so. Um, very so closely into getting in on that one because I keep seeing stuff on it lately. I was like, you know what? I, I'm about to go ahead and bite the bullet after I finish um, whatever I need to catch up on. But regardless, uh, never to uh, Serata's crush on Boruto is ready to take center stage. This is from um, uh, Boruto to Blue Vortex, which is the manga. I guess is the the next. Uh, stage of the that whole manga thing, and basically, if you did not know, that is Naruto's son. So, um, picks up after three years after some things happened in that that last um, <laughs> that last thing because I don't know anything about what's happened um, uh, in, in Naruto. 
um, leading up to Shippuden. So, yeah, you got me. But regardless, hey, there's the sun just doing some things, and there you go. Uh, next up. So, I kind of appreciate this spoiling this particular story for me. I kind of do. So, apparently, okay. the Dragon Ball Super manga has finally revealed why Biru-sama is training Goku and Vegeta. And I'm not going to spoil it, but I, I'm glad that this article's out there. So, if you're interested in this, it makes sense. It just makes sense. It's so straightforward, and it makes sense. Right, because if you know anything about the the character of Beer, it's like, why does he even care? Right, and it makes total sense. Absolutely, so. I'm like, you know what? That's so logical. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, and it, only one of them would probably likely take the job, and it's probably not the one who would be the better of the. <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. Uh, but that's funny either way. Next up, though, we get into some uh, comic book news. Oh, one second. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Let's look into that right there where we had it. Uh, so apparently Batman is going to get his own Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, and this is spoilers for... Is this a spoiler for something? I think this is um, The Outsiders, yeah. Um, apparently readers of The Outsiders, which I've been meaning to check out, um, weirdly enough, uh, are going to were introduced to the Bat Dimension in Outsiders number three by Jackson Lansing, uh, Colin Kelly, and Robert Carey. Uh, the Bat Dimension seems to be a dimension where the various subconsciousness of Batman across the multiverse can gather to train and come up with ideas to crime fight crime better. So basically, it's the Council of <laughs> the Council yeah. Of the- <laughs> it's everywhere. This I was about to say it's not a Spider Verse thing. This was Council of Reeds. This is. Uh... You know, I mean, obviously the the the, the like uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths type stuff. Yeah, I mean, but you can see why the the, the Spider Verse is forefront to whoever wrote this is is mine. But yeah, right, 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 right. right. This is it, it's pretty funny about the Batman. Gosh, right. So you know, I'm not caring caring about being spoiled about this, and I'm seeing a page on the uh, looks like that's 40s Batman. Okay, so that's. Whatever, so, yeah. This is uh, this whole thing is weird. Okay, yeah. So it was a spoiler for uh, Outside of Number Three, which I think came out right last week or something. Okay. Next up, uh, I had to take a look at that though. I had to take a look at that. Give me a minute. Give me mm-hmm. a second. Give me a second. All right. So, um, so DC officially debuts the code name of its next generation of heroes. So these are the children of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Which I looked at this and I'm like, didn't we establish that in future state in a way? Oh, God. So this is – these are spoilers for Wonder Woman number five. So apparently uh, – I, I don't even want to get into this. I'm like, uh, I, I just groaned. So apparently the, the team name is uh, Gen S. God. Sure. As opposed to like Gen 13 or something. Yeah. But uh, – um, uh. And I know we do this. We're getting introduced to uh, Wonder Woman's uh, Diana's daughter, and you know what have you. This and then the other. Um. So, 
Yeah, actually, that's another book I was I've been wanting to catch, catch up catch up on because of the whole Amazon uh, <laughs> uh, outlaw thing. Going Wait, on. so is that Damien who's running around in that costume, just like it was in the? Probably. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, it says here, doesn't it? Uh, yep, uh, Elizabeth, Amy, and right. John, of course. Wait, so so who's the father of uh, Wonder Woman's daughter? <laughs> I'm just curious, there, pal. <laughs> just curious. I was about to say Steve Trevor. I don't know because I didn't look at that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe she's made out of clay like her mom. Yeah, it is. Um, Damien. It is Damien. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yes, yeah, Damien, John, and, and um, Elizabeth. Yes, oh Elizabeth Marston Prince, which is her name. Uh, and I don't think it says who the father is. I don't think it even matters. But it's like that's what I'm saying. I'm right, just, right. So maybe it's just an. So she's just straight up Amazon. Uh, uh, Amazon. Right. She's made out of clay, like a or like a version of her mom, or something. Right. Maybe. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um. Next up, though, um, oh, yeah, so this is what I teased earlier. Uh, so from the pages of Mortal Thor, well, actually, according to this article, I'm just going to read this, this, this press release. Yesterday, the, the, the industry was shook when they learned that Roxxon Energy Corporation had bought out Marvel Comics, spoiler alert, for recent issues of uh, Mortal Thor. Their first order of business will be releasing an all-new Thor one-shot this April titled Roxxon Presents Thor Number 1. And they even got current uh, Immortal Thor scribe Al Ewing and superstar Marvel artist. You ready for this? I know. No. <laughs> Ooh, I'm dying. Agent 70's favorite Greg Land to create it. The one shot will introduce the all new Roxon Thor. Um, whenever saving the Earth is taken too far, the Rocks and Thor will be there to defend big business and the sanctity. Oh, <laughs> I did not read the pitch. I just saw Greg Land was associated with it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm dying again!" And you were like, "I'm out." Yeah, I'm <laughs> out. I'm out. I mean, I'm gonna I'm, listen. I have been phys- I have been collecting physical copies of Immortal Thor. I do not think I'm going to get a copy of Roxxon Presents Thor. Right. So the last – It's a one-shot. Thank God. It is a one-shot. But who's to say, you know, how is it going to reverberate through the pages? Because we do see the shades of this happening or something happening um, in this week's Immortal Thor. Right. So we we kind of have an idea how it could potentially – how it's going to get there. Right. Um. Also, this, that weirdly, because of that description, kind of had a uh, the boys feel to it. Even though I have not watched the boys, I don't know. I can't put my finger as to as to why that is. But a, a corporate, di- well, I mean, a corporate sponsored um, uh, superhero. If, if that is seeming like this is going to be the case here, is not thing, anything new. But um, right, 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 right. Just seems kind of familiar. Regardless, away, uh, away with thee, Greg Land. Away with thee. <laughs> Good lord. So, God. I mean, you know, if you look at this article, right? It's pretty cool that they have, you know, the the, the Enchantress uh, cover for Immortal Thor with her ripping apart the cover of Journey into Mystery, the the first appearance of Marvel's Thor. That's really cool. And then you scroll down and you look at the 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 cover that Greg Land did, and you're just like. 
Like, and you know they're going to make a Marvel figure of that figure? Oh, oh the pain, the pain, the pain. I thought it was so bad. I thought it was bad that um, there's a Marvel Legends of Clore, right? Like the clone Thor from Civil, from, uh, from Civil War. Not Civil I mean, War. From um, am I no? Is is it Civil War? Oh, it is Civil War. Yeah, it is Civil War. Yeah, the Clor, Clor. Because the, the I had to get that to get the spinning um, Mjolnir of uh, uh, a uh, 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 hammer effect. Right. Thank you for reminding me of who killed Bill Foster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, he'll come back eventually. As long you know, as soon as somebody comes up with a story that needs Bill Foster, they'll bring him back. Anyway, next to be such story unless I write. Next up, Marvel's Blood Hunt is set to receive special red band editions because, of course, they're going to make it bloody. So apparently, it's going to be even bloodier than you think. So um, they're. They're going to, you know, so the series by Jed McKay and Pepe Larraz will be available, expanded and expurgated. Really? I got it. I don't know what that means. Expurgated in special red band editions labeled with a parental advisory and polybag to keep those weak of heart from experiencing its intensity. The red band editions will contain additional pages and more graphic art too explicit for the regular edition. Okay. It's not Marvel Knights. It can't be that bad. I know. But also, but going back to that last uh, the last story real quick, I just rem- I was just reminded me reminded of something. Um, Al Ewing also wrote Agents of Loki, uh, Loki Agents of Asgard, mm-hmm. in which there was some. I think that's when he became the god of stories, actually. So, or either that or the next wave after that, I can't remember. So, regardless, this whole using the comics, uh, the, the whole the comic book storytelling thing that he's doing right now is. Still, also something out of his bag. So, um, and I don't know if he's going to refer back to that, but that's going to be funny. Regardless, so yeah, I'm, I don't know, Blood Hunt, that's going to be a thing, sure. Um, poly bag, I mean, red bag, I, I guess, sure, whatever. Next up, though, um, we got a preview of Mace Marvel's Mason Windu number one which um, showcases the prequel hero in an early adventure, so it's probably still going to be, well, according to this uh, cover, a mission before the rise of the Separatists and the Clone Wars. So, yeah, so basically right before the, the Clone Wars start, I guess this is what's going to happen. Um, February 7th. <laughs> sure, why not? Written by Marv Bernard. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's Mark. Not Marv, well, unless he's got a brother. Uh, but Mark... Bernardin and penciled by George's uh, Jaunty with a cover by Mateus uh, Manhani arise on February 7th, like I said. Yes, this is Mark Bernardin from uh, Fat Man Beyond. And this is on StarWars.com, so that's a typo that you wouldn't think would have uh, made the cut. But uh, So yeah, there you go, and there's some preview pages here if you're interested in. It looks like a younger Mace Windu and not the... Um, not the uh the the uh, I was gonna say grizzled, not the um Samuel L. Jackson version <laughs> or the T C Carson version, I guess. Uh next up though. Uh, now now you made me want to look up this uh this typo. Let me see where is the typo. It's like Mar- right above the first image. So Mace Windu, number one, written by Marv. Oh my god. 
That's terrible. It's Mark Bernardin. Oh, my God. No, hey, I'm That's editing. really bad. It happens. All right. And you know what's funny is that if I will get to 10, you know, obviously they're probably relying on Spellcheck. Spellcheck will not pick that up because Marv is, of course, a shortened version of Marvin. Um, so I got this article. <laughs> yes, you do. Which is not necessarily, uh, let's just say, canon. It's more editorializing. It's more observation than anything. So, we'll with that. right. So, the headline of this article is that Marvel has confirmed a Spider Man 3 movie plot involving Mary Jane Watson has become comics canon. So, basically, this article goes on to say that even in the comics, Mary Jane's acting ability is still not up to par as demonstrated when her bad acting gives away a plan to trick a villain in jackpot number one. And according to the writer of this article, Mary Jane's superhero persona jackpot is a better fit for her than her acting career ever was. Nope. Why? And apparently Mary Jane's superhero powers give her a new sense of direction in life. And she realizes that being a hero is a greater use of her abilities than pursuing an acting career. So, we've brought Mary Jane, forget full circle, right? Because now we've put her into the, into the shoes of Peter Parker, who she used to worry about day in and day out, going mm-hmm. out and risking his life to save others. Now she's the one doing it, right? And I get that. I see that they're moving the character into a different direction. But come on, folks. Again, like like you said, it just seventy. This is a little bit of editorializing by the the case of the writer, because I also don't agree with the what they believe, what they think about this. But I thought it was kind of funny to put that in here. Um, or this site tends to do stuff like that. I'm like, okay, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I'm honestly waiting for Paul to get killed in a very gruesome and graphic manner. And speaking of which, we get to the next article of which I uh, um, uh, hinted to Agent 70 about earlier um, before, before the show. Marvel confirms MJ and Spider-Man's romance is officially dead, and that's good for her. <sighs> Wait, is this written by the same person? No, it's not. But it's, 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 published, on the sa- it's published on the same uh, site. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I love um, the subtitle. I, I love the, the subheading. Please read that. Uh-huh. Yes, while Mary Jane's new partner, Paul, may be incredibly unpopular with readers, true, he provides support for MJ in ways that Spider-Man could not. (sighs) Excuse me. Which, there's probably some truth to that, but the the first part is more true than possibly the last part. So, yeah, this article kind of goes, kind of, you know, puts his think piece hat on. Uh, and there's also spoilers for Jack, that jackpot number one, uh, the aforementioned jackpot number one, of which neither one of us have read. Oh, wait, do you... I skimmed it, but I don't. Yeah. I did not. It didn't come close to reading it. Right. So basically, Mary Jane suits up as J- uh, jackpot uh, because we know she's had uh, her powers uh, in in the pages of uh, Amazing. I'm assuming, yeah, Amazing. Um, not too long ago, uh, but she's in Gang War now. So and Paul is her man in the chair. Um, 
according to this article, oh. and according also according to this article, the pair work uh, in perfect sync with each other. You know, um, uh, blase blase blase. Which right. would some would argue? Okay, yes, they spent all that time in that other dimension, whatever the hell. So they've had time to kind of gel with each other in, in a way that probably her and Peter could not. That's just me, you know, saying that. I don't know if that's where they go in this article. I still don't think, um, I, yeah, I don't like that dude either, and he should probably go somewhere sooner rather than later. But. Gruesome death, gruesome death. I'm waiting for the goblin glider to impale that guy or, you know, have him dropped from the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> I don't think either one of those is going to happen. That would be some funny shit either way. <laughs> <laughs> or both. Like he, he drops, he drops, and then gets impaled on the way down. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Double but whammy. Regardless. Yeah. But um, like I said, this is a, I don't think they're going to do anything anytime soon because, uh, like I said, we we've said earlier that you know the only relationship in the Marvel universes that have stuck with any length of time has been Reed and Sue's, you know, and most everybody else who's had some sort of long term relationship either doesn't have that anymore or. Now, in the case of like Storm got a new boo, and you know, for however long that lasts, and or Gambit and um, Rogue, who just got married in, in recent years, mm-hmm. so, even after, as Agent Seventy said, are a very long uh, courtship. <laughs> um, so, which I think almost, I want to say, kind of, well, they played it up more in the in the in um, in the X Men animated series, but I, uh, but you can see shades of that in the books. So yeah, um, but I'm probably going to read this jackpot number one because I I was going to actually do it, but because of it was a gang war tie-in. But this this these whole think piece things have got to go. And granted, I'm giving it I'm giving it power by by uh, putting it in the lineup, but there is still kind of credence to it because let's face it, Tiger, um, Peter hasn't long since hit the jackpot. Um. Unless it's the Ultimate Universe, which I I don't I know H seventy had mentioned that earlier, but I don't know if that is the reason why they're doing it, and I would hate for that to be the main reason why it's not happening. But it makes sense, right? Because he's already got it; he, they're already together in the Ultimate Universe at this point. Uh, how long they, that's going to stay the case? Judging by that first issue, may probably still is going to continue to be the case in some fashion, but we don't know, right? This and new. So speaking of the Ultimate Universe and the Ultimate Spider-Man, the new version of the Ultimate Spider-Man. So the in a preview of Ultimate Spider-Man number two, it reveals that the series' first official supervillain is a redesign of the Shocker. And it's actually a pretty cool-looking redesign. It's very tactical, very modern, um, you know, very much an ultimate take on the Shocker. Very much a ready for being ready to be seen in the MCU um, design. Yeah, agreed. Oh, which that was Jamie Foxx, wasn't it? No, Jamie Foxx was Electro. Electro? Okay, yeah, yeah I can't. I don't know about that. Either way, the shocker. The the shocker has basically already appeared in the MCU. Remember, he was the was one of the henchmen for the Vulture. Right, and got taken out. I remember that. That's why right. I was like, wait, I, I got confused uh, by that whole thing. Um, so regardless, hey, this is Ultimate Universe. Anything, any, anything can still go in this. Mm-hmm. So uh, when does this episode, when does this come out, actually? I know it's soon. got to be soon, because that last one, 
uh, February 21st. So actually not technically soon. Yeah, all right, good stuff. Next up, though. Um, oh, so there is a trailer for Spectacular, Spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> number one uh, from Greg Weissman and Humberto Ramos. The new series, uh, which is a comic book, not an not a animated series, don't get your hopes up, uh, is going to arrive on May 6th. And like I said, there's a, a trailer, which it still trips me out that they're doing trailers for comic books. Mm-hmm. I'd watch this, but um, I think I saw a tease of, uh, I think the, the, the tease trailer of this, I think I saw. So, um, By the way, the Marvels lands on Disney Plus on uh, February 7th. That, that'll keep me from having to do that next week. <laughs> It's, Dubai. You know what's funny? It's it's about time they did something like this. What? Because, you know, like a like a team-up book between the two. Yes. Like an official uh, team-up book. Yeah, because there was that one whole, that was that uh, all-ages um, miniseries that came out, which was actually kind of fun um, from a few months ago. That was cool. But yeah, a in-universe team-up book with them two, um, that's may or may not take shades from the animated series. Uh, I, I thought, I still thought that this was taking place in that world, but it doesn't seem to be the case. They're just using the name and it happens to be the dude that's writing it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it, I agree with you on that one. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this only because I really want to see what Weissman does with this. This is pretty fun. Yeah. I feel like there's still going to be shades of that, that thing, even though like, you know, I, I don't know that for certain cause I've only seen, a little bit of that show, and I know you have. Mm-hmm. But you know, I love that show. I watched that a million times. I, I have, you know, and I bought it on uh, iTunes, but now I believe it's on uh, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a physical copy back there of the. the yeah, Disney I have physical. Right, back. I have physical and digital copies. So, yeah. So anyway, either way, I also am looking forward to this because it seems like it's going to be cool. Next up, though. Next up, Spider-Man 2's Miles Morales comes alive in an epic new statue by Diamond Select Toys. Okay. So it's a PVC. It's a Diamond Select Toys Marvel Gallery Diorama Game Reverse Miles Morales Deluxe PVC statue. Looking for price and release date. So the Miles Morales statue is priced at $80 and is slated for release in late summer of 2024. Pre-orders open up today. Um, I opened up today, January 26th. Yes. Um, flipping through. Well, uh, technically yesterday, since we have now crossed over into January 27th, but that is, uh, you know, current time. Yeah. The day we started recording. This, right, this. right, 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 right. But yeah, that's, you know, the statue looks all right. You know, it's, it's a statue, not a figure, but you know, it's, some people like those. Um, next up though, speaking of figures, uh, there was a, uh, Hasbro fan stream recently, uh, uh, on the Star Wars side of things and, uh, folks were getting, um, uh, some stuff for the vintage collection. Excuse me. So we got, uh, uh, Sabine looks like with Chopper and a couple of Lothcats. Wait, is this all together? Yeah. It's a four pack with, uh, um, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, it's an Amazon-exclusive four-pack of Ahsoka, uh, R7-A7, Chopper. I don't even have cheap on here. What is? What is? What are they doing? Um, 
Oh, wait, no, it's this. Wait, who the hell is cheap? That's. You know what? Droids. And RGG1, GG from Star Wars The Clone Wars, um, a cop, uh, Cobb Vanth from The Mandalorian with uh, Boba Fett armor. Uh, let's see. A deluxe Black Series pack with IG12, uh, Grogu, uh, and, uh, and Zelen from The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, an Amazon exclusive three pack from Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Sub Fiver. And a premium roleplay helmet modded after Moff Gideon, still to be revealed according to this article. There's a two-pack of uh, Sabine and Chopper. There we go. That's what that was. Um, and it looks like, I guess, that's some laugh cats back underneath mm-hmm. her. Um, Commander Rex from the Bad Batch version. And uh, Luke Skywalker in X-Wing gear from A New Hope, which... I think they would have had that. Oh, and the Thrawn, of course. That 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 was uh, from the Black Series. Um, is had was all announced a couple of days ago. Uh, as I am scrolling through the images, looks good. Oh yeah, and there's a um, Droid Decker. All right, so I'm going to take some issue and and uh, kind of complain about the face sculpt on the Sabine action figure because Natasha Liu Borduzzo is beautiful. That is not a beautiful face sculpt. That's not even the animated version. That's, that's not, that's not good. That is not good. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah, it's not great. It's not great at all. That Uh, is absolutely not good. Oh, there's also an X woes. Um, because let's see, yeah, X Wolves, Mandalorian from the Mines, Grogu, there's a uh, Rex, uh, there's that, and the Droid Decker, and uh, Phase One, uh, Clone Trooper, and there's the Thrawn figure. There you go, which looks like the um, the the um, from the Ahsoka series. So, there you go. Okay, next up. Next uh, Disney's Lorcana announces launch dates for the 2024 sets and reveals some new intro. Uh, reveals a new intro or introductory product. So uh, we have Into the Inklands February 23rd, 2024, at local game stores, Disney parks, and March 8th, 2024, at mass retail and shop Disney. And three more to be announced May 17th, 20, like in May 2024, August 2024, and November 2024. They're coming out a whole new door, as uh, as the joke would say. I actually, fi- finally got me some um some packs. Congrats! Yay! Um, yeah. Next up, though, uh, grab. Hey, you like Star Wars books? You can grab a bunch for cheap on Humble Bundle. Which you know you should go to if you like books and video games and want to help out uh, um, a charity. Humble Bundle is probably the place to go. Not a sponsor, just saying. But um. The All I Need to Know I Learned from Star Trek Bundle, as it's called, offers fans 18 books, including novels, behind-the-scenes looks, and more. I don't think the, um, the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the owner's manual for the, the, uh, enterprises in there, but who's to say, because I hadn't looked at the bundle. Um, but it looks like uh, Star Trek Prometheus, Star Wars, Star Trek Picard, the Collector's Edition, the Best of Star Trek Magazine, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the bundle is valued at $293, but can only cost 
um, lowers of $18 or how much you want to play above that, that starting price. Uh, actually, I'm going to take a very quick look at this bunch to see if the, the thing I mentioned is in there, and I doubt it if it is. Um, but yeah, you can see some magazines, search your card, there's some other books, uh, some other magazines. Yeah, that's nope. definitely not the thing that I, that I was looking for. So, okay. Which I already have a copy, so it doesn't matter. Next up. So a Kickstarter to republish Disney's older Gargoyles comics has met its funding in a single day. Started by Dynamite Comics, the current publisher of an ongoing title for the franchise, the goal was met not long after it went live. So, um... Let's see. So the newest Gargoyles comics include Gargoyles from 2022, Gargoyles Dark Ages 2023, and the newly begun Gargoyles Quest 2024. These titles are all available from Dynamite Comics, which has been spearheading current Disney comic projects. Okay. It's true, because I've been reading most of those. Um, And having not seen the show, (laughs) I like the books. That's so crazy. I love the show. I mean, it got a little wonky towards the end, but... You know, and I don't think I watched all of it, but it's definitely fun, at least in the beginning. Judging by some of the stuff that's come up in the book, I I can kind of imagine. And it's and it's Weissman, Greg Weissman, who's writing the book. So right. you know, he's basically it's basically the next uh, whatever season eight or whatever the season, uh, the next season was. But yeah, so those um, actually, funny enough, I think I went looking for these books for a while back um, for a reason. But not surprising that these books that that. that that the Kickstarter did because there are Gargoyles fans out there in droves. So, uh, yeah, not surprised that this, that this went through as quick as it did. And, uh, there you go, folks. Next up though, um, Skybound's Cobra commander. Number one confronts a lingering GI Joe controversy. I talked about this last week, so I won't really go too much far into it. Um, Hey, Cobra commander, there's, there was a whole backstory uh, that this, the, the the book with uh, I'm not said this last week, but with him and his dealings with Cobra La. Cobra uh, La 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 La. La. <laughs> Which, as I, as I said then, I wasn't suspecting them, expecting them to kind of uh, bring that forward into continuity, but I guess it is now. La 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 La. La. <laughs> That was actually a good read. I, I think that was my click of the week last week. Oh, uh, my God. Anyway. And um, actually, yeah, going into the next um, article. So Cobra Commander apparently awakens Megatron in New Energy and in, in New Energon Universe trailer for an upcoming comic book. Okay. So this is what I alluded to last week also with this. Um with, with that book and the, the tying of the two universes that are, that are pretty interestingly done. <laughs> I would say compared to, again, the aforementioned Hasbro, um, Hasbro outing from a few years ago. Gotcha. So, but yeah, apparently spoiler alert, um, Cobra commander, uh, was hiding, um, Megatron and Cobra law and using him for technological gains. <sighs> that's all i gotta say yeah uh and i think if i remember at the end of that book i think um it is assumed that um megatron was awake 
or it was a weekend. But at the end of Transformers issue number four, we also see Megatron at the end of that issue. But it might have inferred something from past this because the Cobra the Cobra Commander book is taking to basically takes place in the past. And when we see when we see um uh um um, Megatron in the Transformers book, he's uh, might could be still in a similar state, but not where he was. I don't know because there's there's there was questions about. Regardless, next uh, issue, I mean next uh, book, um, next story. Sorry. All righty, next up. Um, wait, so you did the uh, rush to second printing? No, that's that's the one. That's uh. the one you're doing. No, 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 because no, I talked about Awakens Megatron. Oh, okay, well, fine. Um, <laughs> hey, guess what? Um, I was about to say, you should do all of these Cobra Commander stories together. I'll jump to the next one. You know what? Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, the, the Cobra Commander number one has got a second printing. Um, and also, actually, it said the, in this article that Duke number one uh, also got a second printing. So there you go with that. And uh, next up after that is, uh, hey, a preview for Cobra Commander number two, in which, uh, as I alluded to uh, when talking about the book, he runs into some dreadnoughts. Or uh, according to the, um, the, the, the this cover, he's going to run into some, uh, some dreadnoughts because um, he's looking for some things. And there's some preview pages uh, that I just blew through. There you go. Next up. Next up, Geralt of Rivia is forced out of retirement in The Witcher Corvo Bianco. So this is a preview for a new miniseries, which marks the U.S. comics debut of acclaimed Italian artist Corrado Mastantuono. Okay. And it looks pretty good. So this is penned by Bartos goodness, Stibor. That's a that that's a European name if I ever saw one. Zo no, Stibor. That yeah, yes, Stibor. That is the creator. That is the creator of the Witcher series. All right, who is also the writer of the current Witcher arc? Right, okay. right. Yeah, I believe he's Polish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The SZ, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the SZ so, yeah. definitely rings. Uh, 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 comes from that part of the world. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. And I've been seeing his name on uh, on a lot more stuff lately. So I was like, okay, that's good. He's getting. Cause I think there was a little bit of issue with him not getting money from the Witcher stuff. Uh, from CD Projekt Red. Well, regardless, that's not no, that's that's yeah. Uh, the cover is nice. That cover is nice looking. Yeah, totally. It is actually. Yeah, let me go back real quick and uh, show it again. There you go. Oh yeah. All right. Cool. Um, next up, Kevin Eastman will be drawing Blood this April at Image Comics. So yeah, if you don't know who Kevin Eastman is, he's the creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There. Um, but he teams up with, oh, and former publisher of, I didn't know he helped publish Heavy Metal magazine. I did not know that. Teams up with writer David Avalon, um, and artist Ben Bishop, uh, and Troy Little for an upcoming Drawing Blood, for the upcoming Drawing Blood. It's a 12 issue maxi series, as this is called, that was, um, launched during a Kickstarter and will reach a larger audience in April, published by Image Comics. Um, 
the, the completely fictional true stories of Shane Books's Bookman sums it up the best. It said Eastman set squarely in our collective world of comics, part autobiographical, part tall tales and legends. I wanted a fictional character that we could really put through the pieces. Paces. Drawing blood is all that in the bag of kittens. Uh, that is a quote from Kevin Eastman. So, and there's some preview pages in here if you are interested in that. Next up. Hmm. All right, four artists for the re for the relaunch of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been announced. So, um, let's see. So, you know, we know that Jason Aaron is uh, uh, relaunching, and now we know we're getting four uh, artists on it. Um, so apparently, uh, let's see here. Wait, are they doing covers? So it seemed like they're. Uh, I, I are there individual issues? Oh, they're like the spotlighting each turtle in 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 each issue. Right. Okay. So number one is Raphael, and it's by Jason Aaron and Joel Jones. Number two is Michelangelo, with by Jason Aaron, of course, and Raphael Albuquerque. Number three is spotlighting Leonardo, and it's uh, written by Jason Aaron and with art by Cliff Chang. And number four is Donatello with Jason Aaron writing with art by Chris Burnham. My boy, Donnie. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to Raphael getting thrown through another skylight, which I don't know if it's just Jason here is going to do, but that's, it's funny that the number of times that has happened over the, of the past few years from that, what I've seen. That's um, funny. Wait, so Paramount has the Turtles licensing now? Mm-hmm. Wow. Nickelodeon, that's right. That's right. Nickelodeon. That's right. Because, yeah, because Eastman and Laird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But now they kind of, Eastman's kind of back in on things in a way. Right. Um, I don't think they got the license back, but they're, but they're still a part of the, the franchise. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because Laird sold it, but you're, you're not. Yeah, I, well, listen, you know, you got, you, uh, what was it? Um, uh, the Toys That Made Us episode is awesome. And now it makes me want to go back, circle back and watch that. Yep, That's such yes, a sir. great episode. It is. Yes. Yeah, sad also, but definitely a great episode. Yeah, because it brings them back together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, like we actually saw like a full circle moment in that episode. I definitely, listen, folks, we've been on this show. This is a long episode. We're two and a half plus hours. But if if I end this show on any note is to go recommend that particular episode of the toys that made us, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, because it shows Eastman and Laird at the end coming back together. I'm going to go further and say I agree with that, but also just the toys that made us in general. Because yes. the whole series was pretty good. And the movie that made us is also pretty good. And I believe – actually, I did not know Nacelle has a comedy streaming channel now. But I guess they, they, you know, they branched off into that. But I was thinking they did a Star Trek um, – uh, they did a Star Trek thing, I think, of which I still don't think I've seen all of it. Uh, but I think they kind of did a, a that style for Star Trek. Um, that's probably out there somewhere. I'm sure, but uh, but I, I don't think I got to see the whole of it because they they basically put four out like a couple of episodes out publicly, and then the rest was behind a paywall or something. I don't remember. But either way, Nacelle was doing doing some great stuff. So if you get a chance to watch any of those uh series, yeah, you'll you'll you're in for a treat. Last uh um story for tonight: experience cartoons like never before in Uncanny Valley. So it says here, fan favorite writer Tony Fleeks. Stray Dogs and acclaimed illustrator Dave Watcher 
from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles team up for a wild ride of cartoon mayhem, family drama, and deadly secrets in Uncanny Valley at Boom Studios coming 2024. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see a either a variant cover or the cover, or this is the main cover, um, and you can see the cartoon inspirations that are all up and through here. Uh, this thing. And also weirdly reminiscent at least to me of uh, a Stranger thing type situation, but I don't, I can't say that for certain. But um, according to this, and I'll read it real quick, uh, Oliver is seemingly a typical 12-year-old boy, except for the mysterious family history that seems to start and end with his mother. Oh, and his unexplainable powers, that is. He could do things other boys can't to the point of landing himself in some trouble. Uh, baffled by the surreal cartoonish nature of his abilities and followed by a murder of particular crows. Um, and if you did not know, a bunch of crows is a murder. So, yeah, uh, begins to pull the thread on the secrets of his family that has kept him for kept his family has kept for him for so, so long for so long. So if that sounds interesting to you, then, hey, that's a book that is coming or this press release. Good lord. Um does it say? Spring twenty twenty four outside of that. I don't see any other date outside of that though. Uh and with that, folks, that is the end of the news section. Uh can we get a oh, the one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night. You know what we read when it's late and we're tired. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Please do it today. All right, folks, we made it. You made it. This was a long one. Trust me, they're not going to always be this long because we're still kind of in a dry, dry period. <laughs> the, the beginning of the year is always kind of dry. Oh, show. Yeah, for show and media stuff. Yeah, exactly. So but, you know, comic book news is, is, is going to it's going to continue to come out when it may uh, and wrap up by the time it gets to the comic-con but regardless um i would also say which i forgot to say that um april solicitations are out there um and you can check that out in shows if you're if you're so interested in your uh publisher of choice uh that might be out there and i'm pretty sure there's going to be some news uh, some more news coming out of that in the coming weeks certainly um, and with that, folks, uh, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You find me at News Notes Need on Twitter. You find me at CD Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram and Threads. Uh, PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com as long as the umbrella site they're in. Uh, stay tuned for his home remodeling show that was probably going to be coming at some point. Um, we don't know, but, uh, that may or may not be a joke, folks. I don't know. Um, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, um, comic CB Cron on Twitter, which is the comic book chronicles, uh, Twitter account, uh, the click nation on Twitter. And last but never, ever least, he's over at, uh, comicbook.com right in his face off. 
you can find this here podcast on the coastal of the podcast. Oh, sorry about that. Fast on the trigger. Yeah, a little bit, but it's all right. Um, CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast, personal place of choice, be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the five star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Okay. And of course, we It's just a reminder, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, what? Oh, about the. Yeah, but just a reminder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. We normally um, um, uh, stream, uh, record on Thursday nights, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time on uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. But uh, we are in an anime season of sorts because uh, Agent 70's uh, living his anime dreams out. And um, <laughs> we, we're, we're going to probably record on days like today, uh, which is a Friday and not a Thursday. Well, not every Friday. Friday. You know, we have. Yeah, exactly. Just be aware. We will, we're going to be, you know, keeping our schedule updated with you folks on the show and via the socials. Just uh, stay stay informed and hit that notification button so you know when we're recording. So if you want to tune in live. You'll find us, but, uh, you know, always expect our uh, podcast to be posted, you know, probably in the early part of the week. Yeah, per usual. And with that, uh, this has been the Cumberland Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. <laughs>